BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. The following is a presentation of MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR racing. The NASCAR Busch Series visits the sparkling new Las Vegas Motor Speedway today for the fifth race of the 1997 season, the Las Vegas 300. The 42 drivers in the field are all excited about the event, excited for two reasons. One, money. The second highest purse in series history is up for grabs today with over $880,000 to be split among the field. The second reason, the track itself. Wide, smooth, and fast, giving the drivers exceptional conditions to go all out for the win. Joe Nemechek starts third today. He shares that view. The Craftsman trucks put on a, a great, great race out here. And uh, they were running four wide through the corners. And I think the Bush cars having a little more downforce on them should be even better. So I'm looking forward to a good race. Who draws the winning hand as the NASCAR Bush Series explores new Western territory in the Las Vegas 300? Next. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Pain Relief Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. After 443 races in just over 16 years, the NASCAR Bush Series competes at a racetrack west of the Mississippi River for the very first time today at what may well become one of the premier racing facilities in the entire country. Hello and welcome to Motor Racing Network's live coverage of the Las Vegas 300. I'm Alan Bestwick here alongside MRN anchorman Barney Hall. And Barney, this racetrack is certainly spectacular from everybody's point of view, the competitors, the fans, even ourselves. Yeah, it's uh, kind of equal for everybody, Alan. The amenities in the garage area are just fabulous. Space, just garages in there for everybody. There's not a bad seat in the house. We were just talking a little bit earlier before we came on the air that no no place at this racetrack, no matter where you are, down on the front row or whether you're up here where we are, you can see all the way around the speedway. You touched on the fact that you can race here. You can really race here three wide. We've seen that in practice, although we've seen a couple of guys get overambitious and wrinkle up a race car, too. We'll see some more of that today. It is a track that the drivers have fallen in love with immediately. It is a racetrack that is one and a half miles around, but what makes it different than others is its transitions. They kind of, the, the folks who built this race track looked around at a lot of the other speedways talked to the racers found out how they could make this track better being as it's the newest one made the transitions from the straightaways into the turns and particularly back onto the straightaways so gentle and easy and gradual that the drivers really don't find a place on this speedway where the car is as they say bound up on them they can just let it run all the way around the racetrack and that makes for some awfully exciting racing it really does coming off the corners and going into the turns it, it doesn't dump you out in other words in other words you're going through 
through the turn, you may have 12 degrees of banking at some racetracks or whatever, and then all of a sudden there is no banking, meaning the car just kind of flips sideways and can really give you a handful. Here, you just roll out so smoothly, we'll see some three-wide racing coming off and going into the turns. We saw that last November when the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series visited this uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the first time, put on a spectacular event there to conclude their season. We expect much more of the same today. 300 miles the distance, 200 laps will make up that event. 42 drivers set to take the green flag in the Las Vegas 300. Let's go down trackside now and hear from some of the drivers in today's event. We start with the driver on the bush pole. It is Jeff Green, the Owensboro, Kentucky driver who put his Diamond Ridge Chevrolet out in front at 159.311 miles an hour Friday afternoon. The fourth bush pole of his career and his first in 1997, trying to get his first victory in this event here today after finishing second at Richmond just a couple of weeks ago. Jim Phillips of Newport, Tennessee is with today's bush pole sitter. 159.311, the bush pole winning speed. When a driver comes to a new racetrack, the first thing he's trying to look for is that fast way around. You found it. What does this track remind you of? Any certain racetrack? Reminds me a lot of Michigan. Uh, it's got a lot of aspects of Michigan. It's got a lot of the corners kind of remind me of uh, Loudon a little bit. We run both good at both places, so uh, we're looking for a good race today. Man, these guys put me in a supercar. Right off the truck, it was fast, and uh, hopefully we can put 200 laps together here and win this thing. You've had some good runs this year. You finished second at Richmond. You've had some opportunities like at Rockingham to really maybe even win the race. What have you talked about your team to put this thing in victory lane? Well, we've got to keep all the fenders on it for one. And, uh, you know, if it takes running 15th or 20th half the race, that's what I'm going to do. I want to lead, but it's not going to be my main goal. Uh, I want to lead that last lap. And, if you know, we've got a great pit crew. Showed it all year long, and they can get me back up front there if we have a problem. But, man, this thing's been driving so good all week. I don't see where we're going to have a problem at all. Jeff Green, 159.311, the Bush Pole winning speed. He is. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Really been keyed up ever since he came out here. Elliot Sadler will start alongside him, and despite Elliot's lack of experience, he's been very impressive in Bush competition with only 19 career Bush Grand National starts. The youngster already has six top ten finishes and a pole to his credit. He starts second today. Let's get his thoughts right now with Winston Kelly. And Barney, one of those just a few weeks ago at Rockingham, a top five finish there. But now on to a new racetrack. Elliot, what do you think about this new facility? Your thoughts on it? I love it. I tell you what, this is the smoothest racing service I have ever raced on. Uh, the people here, they run a first-class deal here. The, the stands, the suites, the pit area, the garages, everything's just top-notch, high-class here. And uh, it's worth the trip out here, you know, to, to, to be around. I mean, we've had perfect weather every day. And uh, I guess it helps you running pretty good, too, up here on the front row. And uh, I'm just looking forward to starting the race today. With it being a new racetrack and you not having quite that much experience, is the experience neutralized to some expect? to some extent everybody here for the first time i think the learning curve as far as adapting to the racetrack will be about the same for everybody but it'll still be the same deal uh these winston cup drivers and these experienced bus drivers will be tough on these long runs manhandling these tires and uh knowing how to run their car on the edge and uh we, we know that's where we need to improve that and uh maybe we make another step forward uh, towards it today 
Like you said, Barney, they've had some awful strong runs this early in 1997. Elliot Sadler rolls off second beside his teammate this afternoon. Third time in four tries that Elliot Sadler will start on the front row for an event in 1997. Elton Sawyer had a great run last week at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, finishing second in that event. He comes into this race fifth in the championship standings for the NASCAR Busch Series. By far the best start ever that the Aiken Sutton team has gotten off to in their seasons of competition on this circuit. Elton comes into today's race Starting in the sixth position, Bill Armour of Winston-Salem, North Carolina is with Elton Sawyer. That's right, Alan. And you go from Elliot Sadler, who has very little experience in this series, to Elton Sawyer, who, with the exception of Dale Jarrett and his 302 career starts, has more Bush Grand National starts than anybody else in the field. His 245th start today, Elton, certainly one of the best starts of your career. Well, that's for sure, Bill. Uh, the whole Barbersaw team has done a great job. Ran well at Daytona, Rockingham, Richmond. Great run last week at Atlanta. Uh, we've got a lot of momentum. Uh, we're looking forward to today's race. Talk a little bit about this car. It's kind of an unusual story. This is the car that you won your only Grand, uh, Bush Grand National race in at Myrtle Beach. That track quite a bit different, a short track configuration than this uh, this track. Talk a little bit about the philosophy of bringing this car here and, and how it's adapted since you've been here. Well, basically, we came here with a short track mentality. You know, it's an awful fast racetrack, but we, we work on the car like it's a short track. Uh, same type of springs and all that we would run at Richmond, Virginia. So we felt like this was our best horse, and um, hopefully we can ride her to victory lane today. As you said, Alan, he's starting sixth in the grid. It's the fastest Ford in qualifying, and that certainly doesn't hurt his uh, average starting uh, figure for the year. 8.4 is just behind Todd Bodine among all series regulars. About seven minutes away from firing the engines to start today's Las Vegas 300. Let's hear from the driver who's atop the NASCAR Busch Series championship standings. 100 points, actually less than 100 points, separating the top seven drivers. And after Randy LaJoy led the standings for the first three weeks of the season, Todd Bodine took over the top spot after race number four. He's up by 10 points on Randy LaJoy, having finished in the top 10 in each event thus far this season. Todd starts ninth today Jim Phillips is with him and he got off to a real good start at Daytona with a second place finish Todd this team is a little old and a little bit new did you expect right now to be atop the standings well we we didn't expect it we knew we could we have a chance at it uh you know the even though the two team is new uh you know my Clyde and myself have worked together for three years uh we've got people that we work work on the car force that we've had with us for a long time either with Clyde or with myself so it's a new uh, new group together, but everybody's got experience. Everybody's got a co- very good comfort level. And uh, for us to come out with a sponsor like Stanley uh, with a new team, we're, we're really proud of that fact, and, and we're glad that we're, we're able to keep this car up front for him. we got Stanley on as a major sponsor and Harnage Machine Tools as our associate. Uh, we're pretty pumped up. Uh, we got a real good car today. We ran good in the last practice, and hopefully we can be around all day and get the Stanley Pontiac in victory lane. That's Pod Tabo Dine. He is the Bush Series points leader right now. Well, Dale Jarrett will be running a limited schedule of Bush races this year. So far, he has one top five finish in the three races that he has started. But starting back in 31st position today, he's sure got a hard day's work laid out for himself if he goes to victory lane. Let's get his thoughts right now with Winston Kelly. Well, Barney, this is the car that he had that top five finish in, a second at Rockingham. And Dale, the team opted not to practice yesterday afternoon. Even though you're back here in 31st, are you pretty confident with the setup on the car for the long haul? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the car. Uh, we got it a lot better. We had a broken valve spring in qualifying the other day, and that certainly put us, helped put us back here. But uh, we were kind of down with engines, too, and that's the reason we really didn't practice yesterday. Couldn't afford something happening. But I'm pretty happy with the car. Should be a great race. I think we can get to the front. Those Chevrolets are awful fast, but we'll see what we can do with this white rain forward. 
What do you compare this track to? We've heard a lot of different comparisons here this weekend. Well, there's a number of characteristics that it has with with different racetracks, but I think the biggest thing I see is it's close to Michigan. Uh, the way that you get off of the corners, it's a wide racetrack that you can race in a lot of different grooves, but uh, especially off of turn four reminds me a lot of Michigan. Should be a great show. That's Dale Jarrett. He'll roll off 31st in the white rain forward. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. And one of the other NASCAR Winston Cup drivers in the field who's got a long way to go if he's going to win is Michael Waltrip. He's going to start his Band-Aid for it in 35th position. Michael, having finished third at Daytona in the season opening race, nearly won last Saturday in Atlanta. And the advantage that Michael may have here today, perhaps, he is one of four drivers in this field with previous experience here at Las Vegas. Michael ran both the NASCAR Winston West Series and NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series events here at Las Vegas last November. Bill Armour's with Michael Waltrip. Michael, one of the few drivers that has experience, as Alan said, on this track, uh, qualified in 35th, however. Uh, tell me about the last practice and how the car ran and uh, your hopes for today. Well, we think we're going to win the race. Uh, that's kind of why we came out here. And uh, the experience, you know, will pay off, I think, uh, in the race. It, it'd uh, be hard to think I'd ever seen the place the way I qualified, but I uh, think we'll, we'll do real well in the race. Uh, the, the sun, there's a little bit of an overcast today compared to the conditions you've had the last couple of days. Any effect on the setup you're going to put under the car? Well, actually, it's better because um, yesterday afternoon the practice, the final practice, were in, was in conditions just about identical to this. So, uh, you know, I, I was a little leery about practicing yesterday afternoon because uh, it was cooler and, and overcast. And I thought maybe it'd be warmer today in the middle of the day and sunny, but it isn't. So uh, it's a good thing we took advantage of that practice, and the Band-Aid brand Ford just ran great. And uh, we should be pretty fun to watch, if nothing else. Well, he finished 15th last week at Atlanta, but he was probably the car to beat. He's got seven Bush Grand National wins. His last win, May of 93 at Charlotte. He may be a factor later on in the race. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Bush Series. Today, the Las Vegas 300. The field of 42 starters in today's Las Vegas 300 rolls from the pit lane out onto the mile-and-a-half oval to begin the first of three pace laps they'll make before they turn them loose to begin the 200-lap distance in this afternoon's race. Motor Racing Network, glad to have you with us for our live coverage of the fifth event of the NASCAR Bush Series season. We welcome those of you joining us now who've been listening to the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series event down at Homestead Motorsports Complex in South Florida. Welcome to Las Vegas, where mostly sunny skies and temperatures in the mid-70s greet a great crowd of race fans and the NASCAR Bush Series drivers as they get ready for today's event. Yeah, they've just pulled onto the racetrack, and as Alan said, they'll make three laps before they put them under green. Why don't we take a quick look at the starting lineup? Back in 42nd position is driver Brad Payne from Owensboro, Kentucky. Ed Spencer III of Berwick, Pennsylvania starts 41st. Jeff McClure from Harrisburg, North Carolina will go from 40th. 39th starter, rookie driver Johnny Chapman from Stony Point, North Carolina, and from Colden, New York, Tim Bender starts 38th. 37th, 
Stevie Reeves from Speedway, Indiana. Randy Porter from Greenville, South Carolina. Starts 36, 35th. Michael Waltrip out of Owensboro, Kentucky. Jimmy Spencer starts 34th from Berwick, Pennsylvania. Jimmy Foster from Ormond Beach, Florida is 33rd. 32nd will be Randy LaJoy of Norwalk, Connecticut. And Dale Jarrett out of Hickory, North Carolina is 31st. 30th starter will be Mike Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri. Doug Taylor, originally from Los Angeles, California, starts 29th. 28th starter Steve Park from East Northport, New York, with Greg Sachs of Mattatuck, New York, starting 27th. 26th is Joe Bessie from Scarborough, Maine. Bobby Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, starts 25th. 24th is Shane Hall of Fountain Inn, South Carolina. Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin's Dick Trickle starts 23rd. 22nd is Terry Labonte from Corpus Christi, Texas. And Mount Clemens, Michigan's Tracy Leslie starts 21st. 20th is Kevin LePage from Shelburne, Vermont. From Denver, Colorado, Jerry Robertson starts 19th. 18th starter, Rodney Combs of Lost Creek, West Virginia. Out of Detroit, Michigan, starting in 17th position, Phil Parsons. 16th starter, Jeff Fuller from Auburn, Massachusetts. From Lexington, North Carolina, we find Mike Dillon starting 15th. 14th starter, Mike McLaughlin of Waterloo, New York, and Jason Keller will start 13th from Greenville, South Carolina. Starting 12th, Tim Steele from Holt, Michigan, and from Florence, South Carolina, the 11th starter is Ron Barfield. Starting 10th is Glenn Allen of Cincinnati, Ohio, with Todd Bodine from Chemung, New York, going 9th. 8th starter, Tim Fidawa from Holt, Michigan. Mark Green starts 7th. He's from Owensboro, Kentucky. The 6th starter is Elton Sawyer from Chesapeake, Virginia. Monticello, Georgia's Buckshot Jones starts 5th. Starting 4th, Herbie Sadler from Emporia, Virginia, with Joe Nemechek of Lakeland, Florida, starting third. And on the front row, the outside pole, Elliot Sadler of Emporia, Virginia. The Bush Pole winner, Jeff Green of Orangeboro, Kentucky, at 159.311 miles an hour. That the 42 car starting field in today's event. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy Ford Tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Now the field comes down to the start-finish line, gets the signal in one more lap. We'll go green flag racing. Carl Simmons, the chief starter for the NASCAR Bush Series, giving them that indication now. This racetrack, mile and a half around, shaped somewhat like a D. Got a tri-oval here in the front straightaway. That stretch curved around. The field working its way now through that tri-oval on the front stretch, headed down toward the 12-degree banking of turns one and two. And there to call the action for Motor Racing Network today from Alta Loma, California, is Dan Hubbard. Thank you, Alan. Good afternoon, everybody. Huge, colorful billboards atop a four-foot cement wall, border the outside of turns one and two, turns that are wide, banked to 12 degrees, and pool table smooth. The drivers love it. They say there's more than one line to race on, so we expect to see plenty of side-by-side racing. I'll cover every gamble these drivers take at turns one and two here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Well, they build up a good head of steam going down the back straightaway and getting over into turns three and four, and we've seen quite a few guys have problems in practice over in that corner. Probably see some have more this afternoon. Cover the action for us over there in three and four is Alex Hayden from Goldsboro, North Carolina. Thanks, Marty, and good afternoon, everyone. I'm positioned on a plateau of land just outside turn three with the grandstands, the mammoth grandstands to my immediate right. The key for the drivers today, put the pedal on the floor down this nearly 1,600-foot back stretch. Let the cars drift up the corners in three and four on the 12-degree banking. 
get back in line and try to get back to the stripe. I'll cover all the action in turns three and four today at the Las Vegas Speedway. They have waved off the start of this event. Uh, something coming off of one of the race cars being dropped out in the area of turns one and two, uh, reported to be either a spark plug or a screwdriver, one or the other, coming off of one of the cars. So they've sent one of the cleanup vehicles out to get that. And uh, we have put the start of this event on hold. In fact, now as they come to the start-finish line, they'll see the signal one more lap. And next time by, we expect the green flag to get the Las Vegas 300 underway. Today's broadcast of the Las Vegas 300 brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Las Vegas Motor Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. I hope it's not going to be one of those days. I think it's going to be a great day as we get set for the green flag now, less than a lap away. We've got the Diamond Ridge Motorsports team cars on the front row with Jeff Green and Elliot Sadler, both of them uh, still seeking sponsorship for those machines. Performance has not been a problem for them so far this year. They've been very impressive. Then you've got Joe Nemechek and Hermie Sadler in row two. A lot of these Bush Series teams really starting to come on, Barney. You've got uh, Buckshot Jones running in the fifth position, had a great fourth place run in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago after that win in Milwaukee. Milwaukee uh, last July really turned it into a solid race driver. Well, it's funny you should mention that I was talking to Ricky Pearson, his crew chief, early this morning, and I said, Ricky, what kind of chances you guys have to have a good finish here today? And he said, a good finish? We can win this thing. He said, that boy is really turning into a good race driver. They had some, they were one of the quicker cars in the final practice session yesterday, so we'll kind of watch him to make some moves up through the field. Here's the field of 42 now behind the Chevy Corvette pace car working past the opening to pit road in turn number four. Pace car with Dennis Dillard behind the wheel hangs a left onto pit road. Jeff Green, the Bush pole sitter, leads the field now down toward the start finish line. We're about to get the inaugural Las Vegas 300 for the NASCAR Bush Series underway. About to make a little history here at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway this afternoon. Down to the line they come. Green flag goes in the air and this race is underway. They haul it off down to turn one. Door to door. They get at it for the lead. They break out single file for third, fourth, and fifth. They're over to turn two. Jeff Green starts to break out in the lead. Joe Nemechek will try to look to the inside. He pulls alongside the inside of Jeff Green. Joe Nemechek is your leader as they head down the back stretch. Nemechek now on the inside of the speedway. Jeff Green caught up on the outside wall. They're side by side. They rub a little paint now coming into turn three. Joe Nemechek takes the lead. Green, Elliott Sadler, and Buckshot Jones back to four. Top four all single file. Then you've got Hermie Sadler, fifth single file. Side by side for six. Down to the inside, Mark Green with Elton. Sawyer up to his outside. At the stripe, it'll be Joe Nemechek leading lap number one. He's got about two car lengths on Jeff Green as they head to the corner. Nemechek maintains that lead as they come into turn one. Now Jeff Green able to close up the gap. Elliott Sadler in the third spot. Fourth is Buckshot Jones in the Pontiac. Fifth is Hermie Sadler. Sixth is Elton Sawyer. Right behind Elton Sawyer is a good battle on the racetrack. It's Todd Bodine in the Stanley Pontiac. Now it takes the position away. He goes to the inside of Sawyer. Now in turn three, they're back in four. Mark Green has just dropped off the pace a little bit on the inside of the field. Lost about 15, 20 positions in uh, that lap around. He is right now running next to Phil Parsons, and he goes from 10th position all the way back in one lap around the racetrack to 19th. The follow-up there in a minute. The leaders are in one. Battle for third starts to heat up as Buckshot Jones took a quick look to the inside of Elliott Sadler. Sadler shut the door, and now he's right on the rear bumper of his teammate, Jeff Green. Sadler looks to the inside of Jeff Green, pulls back in line. They're single file. A snake of race cars down the back stretch. 
Joe Nemechek still leads. One thing you don't want to do is get too racy too early. Every driver we talked to this morning in the garage area said we hope the guys don't get a false sense of security because this racetrack will bite you in a hurry. Big gap at the front of the field right now for the leader. Joe Nemechek has opened up a lot of daylight on the rest of the field over in turn two. Nemechek has got about an eight-car lead down the stretch, but as soon as they hit the corners, that's where Jeff Green can really close the gap. He breaks it down to about five car lengths. Elliott Sadler is still in third. Sadler about three car lengths now behind the second-place runner, Jeff Green, Buckshot Jones fourth, Todd Bodine, and then the DeWalt Chevrolet of Hermie Sadler, the top five. Those cars all running single file. Ed Spencer the third, Jimmy's nephew, who qualified for the event in a backup car. Jimmy's backup machine. He wasn't originally scheduled to drive here. They pulled the car out. He qualified it. Now he's on pit road early with the hood up on that machine. Side-by-side race back for about the seventh spot there as Tim Steele goes to work in one. Tim Steele on the inside of Elton Sawyer. But Sawyer gets a great bite coming out of turn two. Has just half a car length over Tim Steele. Sawyer now has Steele pulled right in the back mirror now. Steele pulls in the line. Meanwhile, back up front, Nemechek extends the lead. They're in three. Right now it is single file racing all the way back to about 12th position. Field beginning to spread out just a little bit. We saw a lot of jockeying and bouncing off each other in the first four or five laps. Now they're beginning to settle down. It is Nemechek in front. Jeff Green rides second. Elliott Sadler is third. Fourth right now is Buckshot Jones. That's a big pack of traffic from third place on back over to turn two. That's a good fight into turn one and turn two. It's Elliott Sadler, Buckshot Jones, and now Todd Bodine looking to take that position away from Buckshot as they fly down the back stretch. Bodine sticks the nose of his Pontiac down on the end side of Buckshot Jones is Black Pontiac. He's side by side. Now with Jones the battle is for fourth on the racetrack. Todd Bodine with his Pontiac down low. The Pontiac of Buckshot Jones up on the high side. Bodine pulls up underneath him as they come off turn number four. Come down to the stripe to complete lap number six. Bodine pokes the nose out in front. Now Hermie Sadler will try and follow him through to the low side of Buckshot Jones. Hermie Sadler takes a brief look to the inside. Now backs off single file right behind the Pontiac of Buckshot. And Buckshot wants that position back from Todd Bodine. This is the fight for fourth as Buckshot puts his Pontiac right on the tail of Todd Bodine. Jones now looks to the inside of Bodine, thinks better of it, pulls back in line, the still single file with a gap back to the seventh place car of Jason Keller. Some of the strongest racing in the field is going on back uh, midways in the field, about about 18th or 19th position back there, guys trying to work out of the pack. Dale Jarrett, one of those trying to work his way up through and get a little closer to the front. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead gets a little bit tighter in turn one. Jeff Green is really working turn one and turn two very, very well. It takes a nice tight low line and keeps it all the way around the turn, and he is closing the gap to the leader, Barney, as they go down the back stretch. Meanwhile, the battle for third rages on. Todd Bodine took a look to the inside of Elliott Sadler down the backstretch. Thought better ever, pulled back in line. Joe Nemechek still the leader. Glenn Allen not having very good luck in the early going in the Luxair car. Glenn starting this race uh, well up in the 10th position. He has fallen all the way back to 22nd and continues to lose spots. We'll check in his pit momentarily. We also mentioned Mark Green losing a bunch of spots in the first couple of laps. See if we can get an update from his team's pit. Well, on the Mark Green situation, they had an ignition box that went out. Mark was able to swap over to the second ignition box, and he's kind of stabilized his situation. They're hoping on the Luxair situation that it's a plug wire that's come off. That's what David Ifton and the crew are hoping. They're down a cylinder at this point, but hoping it may be just a plug wire off and hoping that they might get a caution to come in and make that repair before they go down a lap. Right now, the field coming off of turn number four. Joni Macek at the stripe, still continuing to hold his advantage of a little bit over a half a second on Jeff Green as the field works to one. It is Nemechek in the lead, Jeff Green in second. Battle for third, starting to heat up. Todd Bodine has said he's loved this track all week long. He's feeling very comfortable out of turn two. He's really pressuring Elliott Sadler. Sadler now 
pulling right down on the inside, goes to the high side of the racetrack. Now put a little block on Bodine as Bodine looked to the inside, coming into three, they're still single file. At Las Vegas Motor Speedway, in the early going of today's Las Vegas 300, Joni Macek moved from third to first on the first lap around and continues to hold the advantage over Bush pole sitter Jeff Green. Now by about three or four car lengths, Jeff Green beginning to track him down a little bit. Those two, though, have moved away, Barney, to a pretty healthy advantage over third on back. Yeah, the field is really beginning to spread out. We're just talking among ourselves here a moment ago that maybe some of these guys might have uh, second-guessed themselves about the setup underneath the car. When we were here back in November last year for the Craftsman Truck Race Series, this the race in that one kind of started out the same way. It took the guys a while. After about 20 laps, the car started coming back uh, underneath them a little bit better, and the race really tightened up. Pretty good scramble now going on for third place over in turn two. Todd Bodine had been trying the inside line. This time he gave the outside group a try, and he takes away third spot from Elliott Sadler. Sadler now pulls in behind the yellow Pontiac of Bodine. He's got Buckshot Joan, Hermie Sadler, and now Ron Barfield joins that fight. Other driver on the move in the early going, Michael Waltrip started the event back in 35th position. He's now running 16th after just 15 laps around. We heard Michael at our pre-race say that his experience advantage running the truck and Winston West Series races back here in November might pay off for him today. Let's pick up that race for third again. Five cars locked together there in one. Todd Bodine has the spot by about half a car length over Elliott Sadler. Then it's back to Buckshot Jones, Hermie Sadler, Ron Barfield. They're all nose to tail down the back stretch. Now Barfield gets out of line just a little bit. Looks to the inside of the DeWalt Chevrolet of Hermie Sadler. Sadler slams the door back in three. They're working the 12-degree banking of turn four. Ron Barfield's another driver that has quite a bit of experience here at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway having run the truck race back here in November. Talked to him this morning and he felt good about his chances. One of the cars that's really coming up through traffic in a hurry and also making his way to the front is Greg Sachs. He started far back in the pack. He's picked up about 10 or 12 positions, but right behind Greg Sachs as they work off into turn number one should be about 11th or 12th position. That is a dandy dog fight over in turn two. That is Jerry Robinson to the inside, and he's got Magic Shoes McLaughlin right on the outside of him. They're side by side. They're flying toward turn three. Side by side still as they make their way into turn three. Now McLaughlin will stick the nose of his Royal Oak Chevrolet out front, but that's not going to end there. They're back in four. Robertson, the Denver, Colorado driver, driving Doug Taylor Motorsports. Entry spins down to the inside right in front of about three or four cars. Dick Trickle and Michael Waltrip make a beautiful move to avoid him. Now Robertson spins down into the trioval grass and the caution comes out just about to talk about Jerry Robertson's background and he brings out the caution flag with a spin off of turn number four racing there in very close quarters couple of drivers pretty lucky to get by yeah, they, that could have been a big uh, collection of cars up there when they came off turn number four. He spun right out toward the outside wall, then came right back across the racetrack. And some good moves made there by several drivers to keep from getting a piece of that. He continues to go on and will be able to move around the racetrack. But we're under caution for the first time this afternoon at the Las Vegas 300. Barney, I might tip my cap there to Dick Trickle uh, and Michael Waltrip, either one of them, for our Luxair Move of the Day award later on today. Uh, both of them, when Robertson's car went broadside across the racetrack, had to make an instant decision, high or low because they were racing double wide right behind him. Trickle dove low. Waltrip went high. Both got away unscathed. Under the first caution of the Las Vegas 300 after Jerry Robertson spun off of turn number four. A number of teams on pit road for service. Jim Phillips. Elton Sawyer is in. This is not going to be a tire change. They're working on the right side underneath the right rear tire making some adjustment there on uh, maybe pulling the spring rubber out on the right side. We'll check with uh, 
Bob Sutton here in just a moment and find out exactly what they were doing underneath the right rear of the Elton Sawyer Ford. Winston Kelly. Dale, Jared, a little bit of problems with one of the air guns. They had to bring another one out. Now they're around to the left side of that car, the car that spun Jerry Robertson on pit road, along with Rodney Combs, Glenn Allen Jr. on pit road. We talked about his problem. They thought it might be a plug wire off, but Bob Labonte came down and said that Terry told him they thought they saw a piece of a spark plug on the racetrack. So David If thinks they may have blown the center out of one of the spark plugs. So they're checking that on the Luxair Chevrolet right now. The hood's going down on the car. David's still talking to Glenn, so they may bring him back in. It doesn't sound like it's up to all eight cylinders yet. But needing to get him down and away before they lose a lap on the pit lane. Down the far end of pit road, the turn four end to Bill Armour. Tracy Leslie was the first one in here, Alan. They have uh, put uh, gasoline and also some water in through the radiator. Uh, uh, hopefully, I guess, in an attempt to cool that car down. Joe Bessie got right side tires and gas. Johnny Chapman a little far, further down got gas only. Now a host of other cars beginning to come down here in front of me. Among those, uh, uh, Shane Hall, who will move to the middle of Pit Road and several other cars down Pit Road. Uh, Kevin LePage in along with Tim Bender and Jeff McClure. So Pit stops under the caution flag at lap number 21 of 200 after Jerry Robertson spun off of turn number four. Set the front of the field for you as they've uh, sorted out now in these first 20 laps of the event. Joe Nemechek, the race leader, with Jeff Green second, Todd Bodine third, Elliot Sadler fourth, and Buckshot Jones fifth. Hermie Sadler is sixth, Ron Barfield is seventh, Jason Keller moving up well early in the event. He's running eighth now. Ninth position is held by Tim Steele and Jeff Fuller runs in the 10th spot. 11th is Greg Sachs, Mike McLaughlin is 12th, Phil Parsons 13th, Mike Dillon 14th, and Tim Fito a 15th. Michael Waltrip is up to 16th. Randy LaJoy has also moved up well. He's in 17th now. Steve Park is in 18th, Dick Trickle 19th, and Terry Labonte has moved all the way up to the 20th spot after starting the event. Well, I say all the way up. He started 22nd. He's moved up a couple of spots to 20th. Mike Wallace is now 21st, Mark Green 22nd, Bobby Labonte 23rd, Jimmy Spencer 24th, and 25th is Stevie Reeves. Shane Hall runs 26th, Randy Porter 27th, Jimmy Foster 28th, Elton Sawyer 29th, Johnny Chapman runs 30th, then you've got Tracy Leslie in 31st, Joe Bessie 32nd, Dale Jarrett 33rd, Rodney Combs 34th, Jerry Robertson is 35th, followed by Tim Bender, Glenn Allen, Kevin LePage, Jeff McClure, Brad Payne, and Doug Taylor. Ed Spencer III has taken his car behind the wall, and it has been retired from the event. This uh, should be a fairly brief caution. They have just given the field the indication one more lap, and we will go back to green flag racing. It'll, it will get back underway here at lap 23 under green. That was a scary moment up there just a moment ago. We talked about the car coming off the wall of Jerry Robertson, bouncing right across the racetrack and going down to the apron of the track and everybody doing a good job of dodging it. That's one thing about this racetrack that guys we talked to the first time they went out there, Alan, and said, hey, it's so wide, if you get in trouble, you do have room to save the car and keep from not only wrinkling up your race car, but somebody else who's in trouble in front of you. Think about how many speedways we might go to, Barney, where if you put a car sideways, broadways across Across the racetrack like Jerry Robertson's was that the drivers just would not have the maneuvering room to try and even make uh, an avoiding cut like Dick Trickle and Michael Waltrip did there off of turn four. They had it here, so uh, tip of the cap to the width of this racetrack not only for giving the drivers racing room but they also had some room to maneuver when somebody did get in trouble. But it's also a good example too, we were talking uh, just a second ago how easy the car can spin out from under you. It looked like he had the car coming off the corner just as straight as an arrow and then all of a sudden the rear end went around. So you can get in trouble 
trouble here at this racetrack. Very easy. A lot easier than you would think. Here we go with a restart right now. They waste no time in getting four wide back there for fourth place. Elliot Sadler to the bottom of the racetrack. Ron Barfield, Jason Keller. Talk about a dogfight. They've got a dandy going on down in turns one and two. Tim Steele had to back off in that fight for fourth. Jason Keller got the best of it. He's got third spot nailed down, but now Elliot Sadler tries to take it back to him as they're side by side down the back stretch. Three wide now down the back stretch coming into turn three. They think better of it. Fall to two wide. Elliot Sadler on the inside. Jeff Green, the Diamond Ridge teammate on the outside. Keller getting itchy for the next spot. Jeff Green and Todd Bodine both had some problems over there in turns one and two. Todd Bodine went way up the racetrack and Jeff Green also lost a lot of ground. So those drivers now trying to fight to regain what they lost there. Meantime, Jeff Fuller is on the move trying to get about the seventh spot away from Ron Barfield. Jeff Fuller riding a real low line in turns one and two on the inside of Ron Barfield. They're door to door exiting turn two. Meanwhile, your leader, Joe Nemechek, has opened up a lead of about eight car lanes. Battle on the racetrack now for the third spot. Give it to Todd Bodine in the Stanley Pontiac. He falls in behind Elliot Sadler. Jason Keller now back to the fourth spot. There's about 18 cars up in that lead pack really going at it from second place on back. It is door to door, sometimes three wide, sometimes two wide, and sometimes single file when they're making a pass. Meanwhile, it has allowed the leader, Joe Nemechek, to open up a good three-second advantage as he works back to turn one. Joe Nemechek is out of turn one into turn two. Second is Elliot Sadler. Here comes the fight for third. Todd Bodine riding the middle groove. Jason Keller looking to the inside. Almost some contact made. Now a single file down the back stretch. Single file as it is. And now Sadler, Elliot Sadler that is, pulls to the middle lane. Todd Bodine looks to the inside in turn three. The battle for second. Will not be able to make a move there. Bodine will fall back in line. Single file. Elliot Sadler will hold on to that spot as they come off turn number four down to the stripe. Challenge going to be back for about uh, eighth position in line. That is where Tim Steele driving the Phoenix construction car trying to put a move on Ron Barfield for position. Up ahead of them, here's the race for second again. Seconds coming into turn two. A Todd Bodine right in that outside line. Elliot Sadler right next to him on the driver's left. They're door to door, headed for three. Now Bodine sticks the nose of the Pontiac out just a little bit more and will overtake the second spot back. Sadler falls back in line in third. Meanwhile, Nemechek stretches the lead. This race will get a little bit better as it goes on because as we pointed out when we first came on the air, a lot of these guys had never even seen this racetrack before this weekend except for what practice they got here for the last couple of days. So it's a totally different ballpark out there right now when you're racing two and three wide. That scramble for third place, still a good one down in turn one. It's between the Slim Jim Chevrolet of Jason Keller and the Chevy of Elliott Sawyer. They're side by side as they go flying out of turn two. Give third now to Keller and he's going to bring along with him the next car in line. That's Jeff Green. Elliott Sadler drop kick back in line. Joe Nemechek out in front now by a little over two seconds over Todd Bodine. Jason Keller now third. Jeff Green is fourth. Elliott Sadler is fifth. We've completed 28 of 200 laps. A new second-place driver chasing leader Joni Macek early in the Las Vegas 300. Jeff Green moved around Todd Bodine one lap ago and retook the runner-up spot. You've got Bodine in third, now Jason Keller fourth. Elliot Sadler is fifth. Hermie Sadler is sixth. Ron Barfield running in seventh. The rest of the top ten would be the cars of uh, Greg Sachs, who, uh, excuse me, you've got um, Greg Sachs in seventh and Ron Barfield in eighth. Then you've got uh, Jeff Fuller having a great day in ninth. And Phil Parsons soldiering right on up from his 17th 
starting spot. He has now cracked the top ten. Phil was one of the drivers who told me, he said, you really don't need to get too racy too early here at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. He said, all we want to do is stay in the lead lap, feel the car out, see kind of where we're going, and then maybe the last 100 laps we'll make our move up toward the front. That's exactly what he's doing, although he's running a good steady pace this afternoon. Talked a little bit earlier about Glenn Allen having some problems. Let's get a report out of his pit right now from Winston Kelly. Well, they rearranged some of the spark plug wires, Barney. They had one that was resting against a header and thought that might be the problem. The miss isn't quite as bad as it was, but the next time in, they're going to change that spark plug wire, get a tie wrap, and tie those spark plug wires to keep it away from the header and see if that'll solve the problem on the Luxair Chevrolet. Michael Waltrip continues to march his way to the front of the field. He's knocking them off one by one. He's just working out of turn two. Coming out of turn two, it is Michael Waltrip. He's gotten past Mike Dillon in the Detroit Gaskin Chevrolet. He sets his sights in the next position into turn three. Here they come back into turn three. Waltrip now has Phil Parsons about ten car lengths in front of him. They're working the 12th degree, making a four. Michael just taking that tenth position away from Mike Dillon. Now off of turn two, that lap by. So Michael running from 35th up to 10th in 35 laps of this event. Checking on a challenge for about the eighth position. Phil Parsons there about set to work on Jeff Fuller. They've got some lap traffic in one. Jeff Fuller really riding a low line. He wants to block that channel lock car of Phil Parsons. They're getting around the slower car of Brad Payne as they're flying towards turn three. Now Phil Parsons looks to the inside of Fuller. Fuller comes down to the middle of the backstretch, and they still stay single file through three. Really hard to block somebody here at this racetrack. It is so wide, and the grooves are so usable, but the key of trying to get around somebody on that outside, a lot of guys we talked to said if you try to pass going into the corner, on the outside, nine times out of ten, you're going to get the car turned around. So we haven't seen a whole lot of that in the early going. As they get a little more rubber down and move some of the grooves up, we'll probably see some passing on the outside. For Joe Nemechek, it's been a flawless day. He has had anywhere from a full second to a little better than a two-second advantage on everyone else. We have trouble in turn four. Jimmy Foster has just spun up to the outside of the racetrack, nicked the back uh, end of his car into the outside wall. Here come the leaders by him to his inside as his car comes to rest now up against the retaining wall in turn number four. We see the caution flag for the second time in the race at lap number 37 of 200 after Jimmy Foster spun his car in turn four. Just about the entire field coming down the pit lane for stops. These will be at lap 38 of 200. Let's start with Winston Kelly. Todd Budine running in third position comes to a halt. The crew working on the right side of his car. Here comes Dick Trickle, then Mark Green, Terry Labonte on pit road, Hermie Sandler, Glenn Allen Jr. back for service. Only Gasoline only, it looked like, for Greg Sachs. The same thing for Dale Jarrett. They're all down and away. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Randy LaJoy is in. Tim Fidoa is in. Jason Keller. Here's Elton Sawyer behind him. Elliot Sadler. Then Jeff Green, the Bush Pole winner. He's off and away with four tires and 76 racing fuel. Behind him is Mike Dillon. Then Steve Park. All these cars. Four Goodyear Eagles and 76 racing fuel. And Bill Armour. Michael Walter, the first car down and away on this end of pit road. Mike Wallace just goes by uh, in front of me. Tracy Leslie getting four tires and gasoline along with Joe Bessie. Other cars further down pit road uh, who are in for service. Randy Porter and Johnny Chapman also in. For those who did not stop include Jerry Robertson, Shane Hall, and Jeff McClure. All of those drivers visiting pit road earlier in the event. They stayed on the racetrack. Of those who did stop, it will be Greg Sachs winning the race off pit lane over Ron Barfield and Dale Jarrett. So that's the way they'll come from pit lane at lap number 38. Up continues from the second caution of the Las Vegas 300. Jerry Robertson will take over the race lead by virtue of staying on the speedway. When everybody else came down for service under this yellow, it'll be Shane Hall second, Greg Sachs 
Sachs third, Ron Barfield fourth, and Dale Jarrett fifth. The rest of the top ten will be Joe Nemechek, Jeff Green, Todd Bodine, Tim Bender, and Jeff Fuller. Let's go to the garage in Bill Armour. Standing beside Jimmy Foster, who's here with his damaged race car. Jimmy, what happened? Uh, the car was loose out there. We lost radio control there, and uh, I ended up kind of pitting a little too late, and they ended up going green while I was still in the pits there. And, uh, you know, it's a shame. We, we tried this setup. It's, it's actually we finally got loose. I mean, we've been tied all weekend, and uh, I think we could have made some adjustments, had a pretty good car. But I'd like to thank uh, Speed Vision Outdoor Life Network. You know, they, we had a good car. Sorry about it, guys. Jimmy Foster in his first year in the Bush Series, uh, getting quite a learning experience here this afternoon as well. He's out early. Yeah, Jimmy's got his feet wet a couple of times, but that's how you learn in this business. We are still under caution. A couple of more pit stops uh, just a moment ago. Steve Park was back on the pit road. will now go back onto the racetrack as the field meanders off turn number two and down the back straightaway. Later on in today's broadcast, Barney and I will pick the Kraft Singles Craftiest Driver of the Race Award winner, Kraft Singles American Cheese, awarding $500 to a special charity in that driver's name. Field right now working behind the Chevy Corvette Pace car over in turn number three. Jerry Robertson and Shane Hall staying on the racetrack. They pitted late under the last caution at lap 21. So now here just 19 laps later, they stay on the racetrack when everybody else comes in for service, and they are positioned at the head of the field as the pace car heads for pit road and we get set for the restart which will come at lap number 41. Lap 41 about to go on the board as the green flag goes in the air and they race off turn number four. Greg Sachs doesn't waste any time. He dives to the outside, immediately goes around Shane Hall and now sets his sights on the leader Jerry Robertson and will go after him. Ron Barfield comes around that outside groove also and the chase is on in turn one for the lead. Robertson took a way high line to the entrance of turn one, almost pinched off Greg Sachs but Sachs now has the lead as Robinson continues to go high and now trying to get around him is Ron Barfield, but he's blocked. Shane Hall still holds down the second spot. Meanwhile, the leader, Greg Sachs, opens up a big lap margin. Now they're three wide back for the fourth spot. That's Dale Jarrett, Jeff Green, and Jerry Robertson. Joni Michek charging his way up through sixth on the restart. He's about to take second away from Shane Hall after just one lap. Nemechek working to the outside of Hall at the stripe. Farther back, that dozen car or so group racing for fourth on back, getting three wide for that position as they head to one. It is Barfield, Jeff Green, and Jerry, Jerry Robinson. And Bodine bumps Robertson just a little bit. Now he takes that outside line as he's trying to get around Robertson. Can't do it this time around. Now Jeff Green will go up to the fourth spot and is going to knock Ron Barfield back to fifth. Todd Bodine meanwhile looks to the inside of the Robertson car. Bodine will go to sixth. Guys have got to feel good right now. The front five that break out their single file not racing door to door but from fifth place on back they're still racing side by side and getting awfully racy. Bumping shoving around three deep. Jason Keller this time for about ninth position. Kevin LePage locked up in that battle and they stay three wide as they go off into turn number one. Jason Keller has got the inside line right inside of Tim Bender. Kevin LePage had to back off, and he's beside Bender. They're two by two by two all the way down the back stretch. Now the challenge for the third spot starts to heat up a little bit. Shane Hall looks to the inside of Jeff Green, has to think better of it. Now Todd Bodine will go to the high side to pass Shane Hall. And a change for the lead just in front of those cars. Joni Macek diving to the bottom side of Greg Sachs, dusts him off, pulls away easily by a couple of car lengths before they even get back to the stripe, and Nemechek back out in front of Sachs as they head to one. Nemechek opens up about a three-car length lead over Greg Sachs. The third spot is Jeff Green with Todd Bodine right on his rear bumper. Green slides
slides high out of turn two, but Bodine is right there as they fly to turn three. Best battle on the racetrack right now. Rage is on a little bit back further in the field. They're three wide for about the 10th and 11th spot. That's where Dale Jarrett's on the high side, Buck Jones, Buckshot Jones on the inside. A lot of good cars still looking for a little bit better of a handle on the race car to get through these corners. We're watching a few cars skate around out there. Dale Jarrett seems to have, whatever the adjustments they made on his car, has helped it. Michael Waltrip's still running very strong. In fact, the battle on the racetrack right now is going to be for about 10th position between Michael and Dale Jarrett over in turn two. Michael Waltrip to the inside. Dale Jarrett, they're side by side coming around turn two. Give the advantage to Waltrip as they head toward turn three. While that was happening, a change for second place. Jeff Green goes to second, and now into turn three, Greg Sachs pushes high, opens up the inside lane for Todd Bodine. Bodine sliding up underneath Greg Sachs off of turn four. He will take over the third position, putting Greg back to fourth, or will he? Greg trying to rally back on the outside. All this going on at lap 46 of 200. Joe Nemechek continues to lead. Been some wild racing for positions back from uh, fifth through about tenth. At the moment, Jeff Fuller having the upper hand in that group with fifth position. Jason Keller pressing him very hard for sixth. Uh, Michael Waltrip running seventh right now with Ron Barfield, Dick Trickle, Buckshot Jones, and Phil Parsons also in that group. Got another group running back for about the 14th or 15th position. They're two, three wide for spots back in there. Barney almost don't know where to look, and at some points you just kind of sit here and cringe as we watch the race. Just these guys are really going at it hard for being as early in the event as it is. Well, they've been a nervous wreck out of me looking back in the pack. Some of the hardest racing has been going on from 18th on back through about 35th. A lot of times they'll be too deep. Suddenly coming off the corner, they'll get three wide, and they're not racing easy. They're bumping, kind of scraping a little sheet metal, trading a little paint out there, but so far just about everybody's been able to keep them under control. We talked about Randy LaJoy a moment ago having a problem, and Jim Phillips has been down on his pit. Jim? Yes, we are with his crew chief, Steve Bird, talking to one of his crew members to see what they're going to do. Steve, she sounds kind of flat going by. What's the problem? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I hope it's a spark plug why it fell off. We're just going to try to ride it out here and uh, catch a caution here. I, I don't know. I hope it's a spark plug why not a valve or something. I haven't seen any smoke out of it yet. No, yeah, but you can break a valve spring and it'd be the same way, you know, and you won't see no smoke. So uh, we just have to wait and hope it's a spark plug why it fell off. So that's the story from Steve Bird, crew chief for Randy LaJoy. They're hoping... First, for a caution, that they're hoping something, something not with the internal engine parts, but just a spark plug wire. Change for the fourth position. Jeff Fuller has moved around Greg Sachs, and he's brought about three or four guys with him. Jason Keller and Michael Waltrip have gotten around. Now Ron Barfield tries Sachs in three. Barfield now to the inside. Greg Sachs pushes high in the turn three. Dick Trickle joins that battle to turn four. Dick Trickle's another car that's been cutting up through traffic pretty good for the last 10 or 15 laps around. He's been knocking them off one by one. He goes all the way to the bottom of the racetrack, gets completely below the white and yellow line on the flat part, trying to take away about seventh position in turn one. Dick Trickle got the best part of that deal, but he's bringing Ron Barfield with him. Barfield right at his right quarter panel, but Trickle has got the position clean and free as he's headed toward turn three. Now there's a battle on the racetrack, charging on just a little bit in front of that. That's going to be with Jeff Fuller, Jason Keller, and Michael Waltrip are. They're nose to tail. They're in four. And here's the challenge for the lead. Jeff Green catches Joe Nemechek, runs up to his outside off turn four. He'll poke the fender out in front of the start-finish line and take away the lead, but Nemechek's going to try and hang underneath him as they go to Barely side-by-side. Nemechek's been riding that low groove all afternoon, and they're still side-by-side. Green does not have the lead cleanly. They're door-to-door down the backstretch. 
Now Jeff Green sticks the nose of his Diamond Ridge Chevy out front just a little bit, but Joe Nemechek is still there. In three now, Jeff Green will slam the door on Joe Nemechek, Green the leader. Well, the only way Jeff Green was going to get around, Joe Nemechek was going around on the outside. Saw a little smoke out of Nemechek's car that time as he came off turn number four. Couldn't tell if it was tire smoke or what, but there was a little wisp of it. Just came off the car as he came through three and four. He has dropped back to second place, and he may be challenged for that over in turn two. You're right, Barney. Jeff Green does have the lead, but Nemechek may be slowing just a bit. And we do see more white smoke coming out of the Bell South Chevrolet. Todd Bodine is closing the gap from the third spot. Nemechek, every lap has run up against the outside wall in the backstretch. This time by, he's in the middle of the track. Bodine up against the outside wall. There's about three, four car lengths between them. Perhaps the reason Joe Nemechek lost his big lead to Jeff Green was a developing mechanical problem. We'll keep an eye on it now as he continues to run in second spot. Todd Bodine has not caught him for that runner-up position yet, but Nemechek is definitely trailing some smoke as they go to one. Jeff Green has opened up his lead to about five car lengths. Here comes Nemechek again, riding that low groove, and again, just a hint of that white smoke. Todd Bodine holds down the third position. Again, Nemechek goes to the middle of the back stretch, and then he pulls up to the high lane and dives back to the white line at the bottom of turn three. Bodine inches ever so close. They're in four. Joe doing a good job if he has some kind of a mechanical problem on the car just to maintain what he has. But he... Trouble in turn three. Buckshot Jones and Ron Barfield get together, go up and slide and hit the outside retaining wall with the back end of each race car. They both slide back to the middle of the racetrack. Every other car avoiding the problem. And Ron Barfield now fires the car and drives away. Caution for the third time in today's Las Vegas 300 after Ron Barfield and Buckshot Jones racing for position get together and get into the wall in turn number four. While that was happening, Randy LaJoy was coming down pit road. He has taken his car behind the wall. We'll update there in a moment. Let's go back to Alex Hayden. That's uh, the battle for that position with Buckshot Jones happened all coming into turn three. Jones was on the high side. Barfield was on the inside of the track. They got together twice in turn three between turns three and four. They touched one extra time. That's all it took to send these two cars back first into the outside retaining wall. As I mentioned, Ron Barfield did refire the car, drove back towards pit area, and the Buckshot Jones car sits idle in the middle of the racetrack. So that's the way things stand now as we're under caution for the third time in the race at lap number 59. Buckshot Jones and Ron Barfield getting together and crashing in turn four. Under this caution flag, many of the leaders coming down pit road. Joe Nemechek specifically among them, and the hood goes up on his car. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, I think right now, Alan, they're looking, trying to find a possible oil leak on his Chevrolet. They're down underneath the left front wheel. And they do have a wrench uh, working in that area, so that could be the problem maybe around the uh, oil tank. Or a lot of these cars have the oil tank in front. Some of them have it behind the left front wheel. We'll try to find out from Brian Patty, but uh, as of right now, we can't see any oil dripping, but definitely they're working on the left front wheel. In front of him is Bobby Labonte with a pit stop. Tim Steele has been in for a pit stop, and Ron Barfield has lots of damage on his Ford. The major damage is at the rear where the spoiler is and the deck lid. Also, the left side of the car has been smashed in on Ron Barfield's car. Dale Jarrett's car was sitting on pit road for a long time. Let's get a report there. Well, the problem they've had, Barney, is the car's been pushing up in turn number four. They made a track bar adjustment the last time. Now they're making more adjustments to the white rain Ford. We've caught up with Ron Barfield, who was involved in that accident. Ron, a lot of damage to the Ford. What happened? I'll tell you, you know, we were just kind of riding there up on the outside, and, um, you know, we really had a good race car today, and we were just kind of just riding there, pacing ourselves, and, um, you know, I went down three, and I guess I just wasn't giving them quite enough room, and, um, but, hey, that's racing. We'll get them next week. 
That's the word from Ron Barfield. Just a racing incident. Buckshot Jones has climbed from his machine where it sits uh, broadside in the middle of the racetrack in turn four and is uh, climbing into the ambulance for the trip to the infield care center that he must take. Let's go back to Pit Road. Let's see if we can find out from Brian, Brian Patty what's the problem. Brian, did you find the oil leak? <laughs> we really don't know where it's coming from right now. It's blowing out of the oil tank. Uh, he said the motor let down about 10 laps ago, so I hope we can just finish this thing in top five or something. Well, that's the word from Joe Nemechek's pit. And Randy LaJoy, as we mentioned a minute ago, has taken his car behind the wall all the way down at the turn one end of pit road, so we'll also follow up with an update there momentarily. For under caution for the third time in today's Las Vegas 300 after Ron Barfield and Buckshot Jones got together and crashed up in turn number four. While that was happening, Randy LaJoy's car was going behind the wall. Jim Phillips has made his way down toward that pit. Well, lots of work going on in the Chevrolet. Randy, what's the problem? Well, as much good luck as we had last year, we ain't seem to have none at all. Uh, I don't know. I hope it's not the ignition box. We're probably the only ones that don't run two. And it's, it's damn foolish if we don't. Uh, if it's the ignition box, we need to do something. Well, one guy had a box full of uh, uh, valve springs. There's a new set of spark plugs out, and they're really working on the Chevrolet, mainly at the rear of the engine compartment around the distributor. There have been several cars that have had uh, engine problems here this week. Dale Jarrett broke valve springs on a couple of motors earlier on Friday afternoon, and we've heard a few other teams also say that they had some problems. We're seeing Buckshot Jones's car loaded on a rollback now being taken behind the wall and into the garage area. This will be a lengthy caution flag. It's going to take a while to clean up the area up in turns three and four where the caution came out a moment ago. Joe Nemechek is back on pit road. He had just started down pit road a moment ago. When that caution came out, he comes back in yet another time. Ron Barfield's car being attended to in the pits, and we're seeing Steve Park back in for a second time. See if we can get a quick update there again from Jim Phillips, who's in that area. Well, they're back down. They're looking at the right front fender. Uh, crew chief Tony Urey comes out, uh, checks over the right side. From this vantage point, I can't see any damage, and now they're working a little bit on the left front fender, so he has had some contact with another car, but it doesn't seem to be major on the Steve Park car. And the cleanup just about complete up in turn number four after Buckshot Jones' car was taken away. The machine of Joe Nemechek back on pit road again for the third time under this particular yellow flag. And we'll get a further update there after a couple of minutes' time as he now leaves his pit stall and begins to head back out onto the speedway. Well, next weekend, Motor Racing Network at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina for a NASCAR doubleheader. Our coverage beginning on Friday with Bush Pole qualifying as starting positions are set for the Trans-South 400 at 3.30 Eastern time is our broadcast next Friday afternoon. Next Saturday, the NASCAR Busch Series that we bring to you today from Las Vegas visits the old-famed mile-and-a-third track in Darlington in the Diamond Hill 200. And the broadcast there at 1245 Eastern Time. One week from today, the NASCAR Winston Cup Series back in action in the Trans-South Financial 400 and Motor Racing Network's broadcast at 1245 Eastern Time. The Darlington ticket office is open, and you can make your plans. There are tickets still available, some still available for the Trans-South 400. Hope that you can join us, Jeff Gordon going to try and make history at Darlington next weekend. No driver has ever won four consecutive Winston Cup Series events at that track. Barney, he's going to try and do just that next Sunday. Well, you don't want to bet against him. It's uh, the kind of racing luck he has had, plus the skill to go with it. He's awfully tough to beat. Should be going green here very shortly. Let's quickly run you back through the top ten. Jeff Green is the leader. Todd Bonine is second. Jeff Fuller's third. Jason Keller fourth. Michael Waltrip fifth. Sixth is Dick Trickle. Phil Parsons sits seventh right now, followed by Elliot Sadler in eighth. Jimmy Spencer ninth and Hermie Sadler make up the top ten. 
As the field works its way through turns three and four, it looks like we're going to be at least another lap before we go back racing. So why don't we run you back a little bit farther through the field. 11th is Kevin LePage. Mike McLaughlin is 12th. Terry Labonte, 13th. Mike Wallace, 14th. And Mike Dillon, 15th. You've got Tim Fidoa, 16th. Mark Green, 17th. Glenn Allen, 18th. Joe Bessie, 19th. And Tim Steele running 20th. Elton Sawyer's 21st. Shane Hall, 22nd. Johnny Chapman, 23rd. Bobby Labonte, 24th. And Greg Sachs, 25th. 26th is Tim Bender. Stevie Reeves is 27th. Dale Jarrett, 28th. Jerry Robertson, 29th. And Rodney Combs, 30th. 31st is Joni Machek. Steve Park is 32nd. Jeff McClure, 33rd. Randy Porter, 34th. And Tracy Leslie is 35th. Brad Payne is running in 36th. And machines behind the wall or out of the race include Ron Barfield, Buckshot Jones, Randy LaJoy, Jimmy Foster, Doug Taylor, and Ed Spencer, the third. Let's go downstairs. Well, we've caught up with Buckshot Jones. He just now walked out of the infield care center. The good news is he looks okay. The bad news is the car didn't. What happened out there? Uh, we were just under, I mean, underneath there, Ron Barfield, and it just got our car a little bit too loose and, you know, just whipped it around there. Should have probably maybe been a little bit more patient. Well, after a good, strong start to the 97 season, Buckshot Jones out this afternoon. Turned into quite a, a good little race driver. Doesn't have all that much experience. Uh, about his second year on the circuit right now, but he's really coming around as a driver. Ricky Pearson, his crew chief, really helped that young man and feels like that this year could be one of their best ever. Pace car with a field in tow takes them up into turns three and four, getting ready to put them back under green here as they come off the line. Been a good day for Jeff Green. Todd Bonine got a strong race car. Big surprise to Jeff Fuller there. I didn't think he'd run that well this early. He, he, he said yesterday when we talked to him a little bit, we've got a good car. We don't know just how good. We're about to find out. Green flag goes back in the air, and they take off for turn number one. And right now, the scramble is on for second place as they work over to turn two. And at the green, it is Jeff Green in the top spot by about two car lengths over Todd Bodine, who slides a little bit. Jeff Fuller is going to try to take advantage of that. He took a brief look to the inside. Now he goes to the outside as they head toward the back straight. Fuller now tucks right back in behind Bodine. Nobody jumping out of line down the back straightaway. Now Phil Parsons gets out of line for the sixth place. He's underneath Dick Trickle in three. Trying to pick up that spot, and he will do so off of turn number four, sliding up in line in front of Dick Trickle. Down to the stripe. It is now Jeff Green with about a one-car length lead on Todd Bodine. Joni Machek, Dale Jarrett, some of those who pitted under this last caution, well back in the field, about 25th in line and on back, while the race for the lead is on still in one. Single file racing coming out of turn two. It is still Jeff Green at the point. Todd Bodine in second. Jeff Fuller in third. Jason Keller in fourth. And then running in the fifth spot is Michael Waltrip. Started 35th. He's up to fifth. The car is single file all the way through the top 20 or 25 cars. Terry Labonte beginning to move up a little bit also. He's had problems with his car ever since he's been here. Finally got it dialed in a little bit better right now. He's up to 14th position. Mike McLaughlin on the move right now as he dives under Kevin LePage. That should be for about 11th spot as they work back into turn number one. Good hot battle for the lead over in turn two. Here they come into turn two. Jeff Green with only half a car length now over Todd Bodine in the Stanley Pontiac. Todd Bodine reeling him in lap after lap, getting closer as they fly toward turn three. Right behind the white Chevrolet of the leader, Jeff Green. Now Bodine looks to the inside of Green. Green runs the middle groove in turn three. Bodine the low groove. Bodine can't make the pass. Bodine will have to fall in line single file. Here's a challenge for third position up off turn four. Jason Keller gets a good run up to the inside of Jeff Fuller at the stripe. He pokes the nose out in front. Fuller, though, running hard off the outside of the trioval, comes back and gets his nose back out in front as they head to one. They're still side by side. This will be the fight for third position. Jason Keller 
Keller's got the better bite coming out of turn two. And now Jeff Fuller has to worry about Michael Waltrip, who slips to the inside. Waltrip now side by side with Jeff Fuller. Now Waltrip sticks the Band-Aid forward, down up against the white line in turn three. There's still door handle to door handle in four. Michael Waltrip driving a very steady, calculated race here this afternoon. He's got a good race car. He came from way back in the toward the tail end of the field to get himself up to the front of the pack. He's not forcing the issue, although he's just moved himself up into contention to get up there and maybe grab the lead another turn or two around. He currently rides in fourth place. He may have thoughts of taking away third in turn two. He's making up ground fast, Barney, on the third position, Jason Keller. Michael Waltrip on the move in the Band-Aid Ford. Meanwhile, trouble in turn two. It's Elton Sawyer. He slid into turn two, slams the wall hard on the driver's side. The car comes to a rest to the outside of turn two against the wall. Caution flag waving for the fourth time in the event as leader Jeff Green brings the field down to the start-finish line, begins to reduce the pace, accident over in turn number two again in front of Dan Hubbard. Elton Sawyer has come off the wall. The car is still under power, but there's heavy, heavy body damage on the driver's side as Elton Sawyer takes the Barbersaw forward down the back stretch. He was running in close company, but I don't think he had any help. He was just riding too high a line. The car got away from him, and he hit the wall. And that will put us under caution for the fourth time this afternoon. Elton Sawyer's attempt to drive his car back to his pit stall got a little bit heated there in front of Winston Kelly on pit road. Well, as he was coming down pit road, a fire broke out on the left front of the car, and it made the brakes just completely go out. He eased down pit road. He tried to get it slowed down, but not having any brakes. He slammed up against the inner retaining wall here on pit road. Of course, the firemen were right there on the spot. They've got the blaze extinguished. Elton Sawyer's gotten out of the Barbasol Ford and walked away. Tough break for Elton. He had a good running car. Has worked his way up into the top five or six, only to see it go into the wall over there just a moment ago. Less than one more lap. We'll go back green flag racing under this fourth caution of the race. We go to the garage in Winston Kelly. Well, caught up with Elton Sawyer. Had some good runs going this year, especially here today. Elton, what happened? I, I'm not sure, Winston. Our car wasn't very good. We were a little loose getting in, and um, I don't know. The I, I'm sure Tim didn't mean it. The 17 car uh, went down into one and came up and got in the side of us, and we spun and um, got in the wall and was trying to get back, and the damn thing caught on fire, and, and I was trying to get out and run in the inside retaining wall on pit road, and finally I got out of it, but... Uh, Hell, it was just wasn't a very good day. As good as Atlanta was, this was equally as bad. But uh, we'll be back next week at Darlington. That's the word from Elton Sawyer, but he's okay. That's the main thing is he is all right. The car they can repair. 73 laps on the board, about to go to lap 74 as the field comes out of turn number four. Green flag goes in the air, and the leader, Jeff Green, sets sail for turn number one. Right behind him comes Todd Bodine. Jason Keller lines up third back there. Michael Waltrip and then Jeff Fuller. That's your top five. Single file, they go to turn one. Great two-car breakaway by Jeff Green and Todd Bodine. Those are the top two spots. And then about three car lengths back to Jason Keller in the Slim Jim Chevrolet. Fourth is a very fast-moving Michael Waltrip. Waltrip looks to the inside now Jason Keller's Slim Jim car pulls back in line. They're single file all the way through the field towards the tail end. Here is a challenge for the lead at the head of the stack. Jeff Green slipping a little wide off of Ford. Todd Bodine trying to drive down underneath him as they come into the trioval now. Bodine draws alongside, pokes the nose out in front of the start-finish line. Green going to try and hang with him as they go back to the corner. Bodine tried to pinch off Jeff Green up by the wall but can't do it. Todd drives down the low line. Jeff Green riding the middle groove and they're still side-by-side side all the way around towards one and two. They're headed towards three. Now racing side-by-sides enabled the third-place car of Jason 
Jason Keller and Michael Waltrip in fourth. Jeff Fuller and Phil Parsons now to join the battle for the lead. They're all together in three and four. Actually, they have stacked up six cars up there. That Any one of those six in a position right now to get up there and challenge for the lead in just a moment. Second lap around. The front two have rode door to door. Down to the inside, Todd Bodine, and he's going to lose a little ground in turn number one. In fact, he's going to lose second place down in turn one. Jeff Green has broken free by about three car lengths thanks to Jason Keller, who's right on his bumper. Todd Bodine shuts the door at the exit of turn two right in front of the Slim Jim Chevrolet. With that happening, Michael Waltrip pulls to the inside. Take a look for the third spot under Jason Keller. Keller thinks better of it, pulls in front of uh, Michael Waltrip, and they're back in four. Six-car breakaway at the head of the pack. Jeff Green, Todd Bodine, Jason Keller, Michael Waltrip, Jeff Fuller, and Phil Parsons. Those six cars for the moment, single file. Don't think they'll stay that way for long. Running a few, maybe 10, 15 car lengths back. Dick Trickle in seventh, heading up another group, all racing for position there. Dick Trickle has got some company with Elliot Sadler, Jimmy Spencer, and Mike Wallace. Trickle negotiates turn two, comes off a little bit high, but puts about two car lengths between himself and Sadler. Now Sadler has pressure from behind, that a form of Jimmy Spencer. Spencer looks to the inside, pulls back in line. They're still single file. Jimmy's having a good run here this afternoon. Alan, we're watching these cars. We said when we first came on the air that as the afternoon went on, they got a little bit more familiar with the racetrack. The racing would get a whole lot better, and indeed it has. We're seeing good packs of traffic right now. Here's one car having some troubles off turn four. Shane Hall got into the outside wall. The car skittered from the top all the way to the bottom of the track on him before he got it under control. He will continue on away. It doesn't look like with much damage, but Shane Hall scraping the concrete at the exit of turn number four. Barney got to be impressed with the runs of several of the more experienced drivers in this event. We've talked about Michael Waltrip plenty already, starting 35th. He's running fourth. Got Jimmy Spencer, started 34th. He's running ninth. And Mike Wallace started in 30th position, and he's running 10th now. So those drivers from the back of the pack really on the charge and headed up toward the front. Speaking of on the charge, here's Phil Parsons going to try and get fifth away from Jeff Fuller. He's looking to the inside of Jeff Fuller, and Parsons got a little bit loose, but does not back out of the throttle in that channel lock vehicle. Parsons takes away the position from Fuller for the time being as they move down the backstretch. As they halfway down the backstretch, Jeff Fuller says, no way, I'm going back to the fifth spot. Slams the door on Phil Parsons. The leader's back in four. Been very impressed with Jeff Fuller all afternoon. Here comes Parsons underneath him again. He had just taken the spot away from Phil Parsons. Now he loses it back and will drop back to sixth place. That's been a real scramble between those two. Meanwhile, at the front of the field, about a car length separate the front four right now as they work back to turn two. You got that right, Barney. At the point, it is still Jeff Green. Todd Bodine rides in the second spot. It is Jason Keller in third. Michael Waltrip biding his time in fourth. Battle in racetrack right now is for the fifth spot. That's where Phil Parson holds the position, but Jeff Fuller wants that spot. He looks to the inside, looks to the high side, but decides he can't make the move, thinks better of it falls back in line. We're under caution for the fifth time in the Las Vegas 300. Joe Bessie, running 17th at the time, had a big plume of smoke come out from behind his machine, dropped some oil onto the speedway as apparently the engine let go in the car, and that has brought the yellow flag out again at uh, lap number 85 of 200. This one for oil on the racetrack after Joe Bessie encountered a problem. A few of the lead cars have made a stop under this caution flag. Michael Waltrip, Mike Wallace, also uh, Kevin LePage and Jerry Robertson have come in. Uh, One complication that they will have is that pit road is closed because of some of the cleanup work going on so we'll follow that story in just a moment's time but right now at lap 86 we are under caution for the fifth time in the race the caution brought out when joe bessie's car apparently let go an engine down the main straightaway bill armor is back in the garage area looking uh, around joe bessie's car bill 
as is the crew. They're uh, all over this car. Joe just has climbed out. Uh, Joe, uh, sounded like a motor problem. What uh, really happened? I don't really know what went wrong. Something inside the motor and let go big time. Uh, really disappointing power team. This whole crew uh, just had a real strong car going today, and uh, I think we were just about ready to break into the top ten and have one of our best runs this year. But uh, we'll be back next week at Darlington. Joe Bessie obviously disappointed with this run. He was moving into the uh, top 20 pretty solidly. He came in 22nd in the points. Uh, this finish will hurt him today. Now that pit road is open, here comes just about two-thirds of the field down pit road. Uh, Todd Bodine is coming in. Jason Keller is on pit road. Phil Parsons is in. Jeff Fuller, Dick Trickle will bring his machine in. Elliot Sadler is on pit road. His brother, Hermie Sadler, followed by Terry Labonte, all in the pits. Let's go down quickly to Winston Kelly. Todd Bodine, then a couple of pit stops behind him. Terry Labonte, Dick Trickle, Glenn Allen Jr. They put the wrench in his car to make an adjustment. A round of wedge, a round and a half out of Hermie Sadler's DeWalt Chevrolet. All these cars getting four tires and 76 racing gasoline. More stops in front of Jim Phillips. Jason Keller's in. They're making a chassis adjustment. Right side tires are on. Now they're on the left side. Elliot Sadler is in. They've changed the right side tires. They're on the left side now. Uh, the, the jack drops again. The last pit stop. They lost 12 spots because the jack dropped. It dropped again on this stop. Also in on this end of the pit lane was Steve Park for service. Behind him is Bobby Labonte. So another jack problem for the car of Elliott Sadler. And I'm sure that this will be the last time that jack goes across the wall. Elliott did lose several positions. His cars were able to beat him off pit road. We'll reset the order of things in a moment. The way that they came off pit lane, however, the most important thing, the fact that Jeff Green did not come down for service. He stayed on the racetrack, as did Tim Steele, Mike Dillon, Greg Sachs, uh, Shane Hall, also Tim Fidewa, Dale Jarrett, Stevie Reeves, and Tim Bender, all of those drivers staying on the speedway. So they will be at the head of the line when we get back uh, underway. And now, Barney, we have uh, track position and pit strategy going to play into the way that this thing unfolds is uh, not everybody on the same pit sequence now. Yeah, that will change things in a hurry. Of course, the caution flag could come out a little bit later and put everybody right back in the same boat as far as uh, what strategy they would plan the way it sits. It is sitting up here right now. We're looking at 88 laps complete. That'll put us 12, 12 laps away from the halfway point. At that point, Gatorade gives away $2,000 for the Gatorade Front Runner Award, and that is just 12 laps away. Let's go back to the pits. Mike McLaughlin was in in front of me, Barney. He came in last time, got four tires and uh, racing gasoline, but he's back in there pulling the right rear fender away from that car. He's back out and away. Rodney Combs was also in here, and as you guys documented, uh, Mike Wallace and Michael Walter, two of the uh, top 10 or 11 cars were in, but uh, pit road was closed. Michael Walter just came back in for service. He's down and away. Also in, uh, down on this end, Jimmy Spencer came in for a quick stop, as did Johnny Chapman, Randy Porter in now. And Bill, also a problem on Todd Bodine on his stop. The first time they came in, they changed right side tires, but they had an air gun problem. So they just got the right side tires on to the car that was running up the head of the pack. Then they had to come back around and change left side tires. So the Stanley Pontiac will be way back in the pack. Set the field for you now. Jeff Green, the leader. Tim Steele is second. Mike Dillon, third. Greg Sachs, fourth. And Shane Hall, fifth. Tim Fita was sixth. And Dale Jarrett, seventh. With Stevie Reeves, eighth. Tim Bender, ninth. And Jerry Robertson, tenth. Those ten drivers did not pit under this uh, most recent caution flag. Lined up 11th, though he will have to drop to the end of the line on the restart for pitting too soon under the caution before pit road was open, is Kevin LePage. You've got Steve Park in 12th, Jason Keller 13th, Terry Labonte 14th, and Phil Parsons 15th. Jeff Fuller is 16th, Dick Trickle is 17th, Jimmy Spencer 18th, Glenn Allen 19th, and Todd Bodine 20th. 
21st is Hermie Sadler. Elliot Sadler's 22nd. Rodney Combs is 23rd. Mark Green is 24th. Bobby Lavani is 25th. You've got Johnny Chapman in the 26th position. 27th would be Mike Wallace. 28th is Mike McLaughlin. 29th is uh, the car of Joe Nemechek. Jeff McClure runs 30th. And that is your top 30 now as we uh, close in on the halfway point. We're at lap 89 and we remain under this yellow flag. Take a minute to remind those of you that are wrestling fans that tonight at uh, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, WCW Uncensored. It is uh, an uncensored, uncontrollable, unbelievable live pay-per-view event that is tonight 7 o'clock Eastern Time and a check with your local cable operator if you would like to get in on WCW Uncensored. 89 laps on the board getting ready to go back to green flag racing here in another lap or so as soon as cleanup efforts are continuing. This race is kind of it went in a way like we thought it would and in a way it hasn't. It, it hasn't really we haven't been able to put a handle on it as far as any particular pattern shaping up. There have been four or five cars that have been really good at the front of the field. There have been a lot of guys back toward the tail end of the field. Michael Waltrip, Dale Jarrett at a given time were as strong as anybody out there but for the most part it's been like one of those rubber band days we talk about. There will be a big pack of traffic. It will stretch out then it will come back to Together. But for the moment, it looks like Jeff Green may have one of the best cars out there. Todd Bodine still running very strong. Way, way too early to even say these five cars are probably one of these five yeah. will win. Uh, the strongest cars uh, in the event early in the race, Joe Nemechek unquestionably had the dominant car. Jeff Green was able to hang with him for the most part. Then Nemechek encountered uh, an engine problem of some sort that has dropped his car's uh, horsepower a tad and has brought him to pit road several times. He's now running well back in the field after repeated pit stops, though still on the lead lap and in position to try and rally back if they can figure out what the problems are. And uh, the cars of uh, Michael Waltrip and Todd Bodine have been steadily in the top five after making their way there early in the event, but really, uh, we haven't established any kind of a pattern because of several caution flags and different pit schedules from different people of just... uh what are the dominant cars and, and who are going to be the factors in this thing as we roll through the second half of the race? And the, one of the big reasons for that, obviously, is this is the first time here for about 95% of these drivers had never even seen this racetrack until they came in here on Friday and uh, put in a little practice time and went out and qualified. So it'll take a while to get used to what you need. There was a big discussion all weekend long about what gear they needed. It was the same thing we came here for the truck race back in November, and most of the guys uh, kind of finally figured out what gear combination they needed. I figured they'd turn a lot more RPMs for the people who are listening or broadcast a little bit uh, technical with engines and whatever. They turned what? Around 75 to 7,800 would be about the yeah. tops here. It's what, what I've heard a lot of, uh, a lot of guys uh, given as a ballpark figure and uh, some expecting that they would take more than that, but some expecting, no, that that would be what it is because of the length of the straightaways and that kind of thing. And uh, we've had, uh, you know, the usual uh, searching out this weekend of people trying to figure out just what combination it is. I think the most interesting thing for me technically to look at this weekend has been the carburation on the engines. This racetrack, uh, obviously, in a very warm climate out here with very little humidity. And jetting of the carburetors has been a big discussion among the, uh, the, the guys that take care of the engines down in the garage, how to get that air-fuel mixture just right to be able to make the most horsepower out of uh, the air that is here with the barometric pressure and the humidity being what it is is here in Las Vegas. Yeah, this is one of the few places that we run that there's never that much humidity in the air when, when we would come to this racetrack, so it will take a little while getting used to. You're talking about uh, the thing that had bugged you technically. I think I watched you playing a slot machine the other night. You were trying to figure that out pretty hard. Uh, I have yet to figure out slot machines, which is why uh, when I come to this town, I prefer to stick on the blackjack side of things, because I don't understand slot 
machines at all other than they take my money. About set to get back racing now. The field coming uh, through turns three and four. Pace car will head for pit road. We'll get the green at lap 92, eight laps away from halfway when the Gatorade Front Runner Award of $2,000 will be passed out. The eligible driver leading at that point, Jeff Green, with a chance to collect that money now as he sees the green flag. Green flag goes back in the air. They'll race down to the start-finish line and take it down to turn number one. For the moment, Tim Steele rides in the number two position, followed by Greg Sachs and Mike Dillon. And on the restart, Jeff Green gets a good one. He'll pull away by eight or nine car lengths before they get to turn two. Big, big jump by Jeff Green. He'll maintain that distance all the way around turn one and two. Second spot is still Tim Steele. But here comes Greg Sachs and Mike Dillon as they fly down the back stretch. Sachs about four car lengths now behind the second-place car. And then Mike Dillon, another four car back in the fourth spot. Shane Hall looks to the inside of the lap car. Porter, they're back in four. Kevin LePage, Michael Waltrip, Mike Wallace all having to restart at the end of the line as well as Jerry Robertson for pitting too soon under this last caution. So those four drivers all the way toward the back of the field. As up front, it is all Jeff Green at this point. The good racing going on back for about the sixth position. Stevie Reeves with Jason Keller on his tail. And there's lots of touching and bumping and trading of paint as they come into turn two. And Jason Keller had to back off Stevie Reeves or else there would have been quite a melee. He's still right on his rear bumper as they're headed toward three. Two by two is the order. Now they're three wide a little bit further back behind that. That's Phil Parsons and Tim Bender and Jeff Fuller three wide in turn three. Now they were three wide going bet down the back straightaway. Now they break it up as they come off turn number four. They may stack them three deep again. They're two wide back there. Phil Parsons trying to find some place to get his race car. Jimmy Spencer putting the heat on him and Dick Trickle also getting in that big fracas down in turn number one. There's about 15 cars in that pack of traffic and they're going at it really hard. They are really tight in the Steve Park right behind Jason Keller. He's got quite the company as Jeff Fuller comes out of nowhere up through the middle for position. He's bringing Phil Parsons with him. Phil Parsons now makes it three wide coming into turn three. Fuller in the sandwich between Stevie Reeves and Phil Parsons, but Fuller stands on the gas and sticks the nose back out in front. Mike Wallace coming to pit road for a stop-and-go penalty for jumping the restart. He's back onto the racetrack without losing a lap. Let's give a call to Mike Dillon, Barney, running in the third position, given that Detroit gasket car a great run in this racetrack, his first time seeing it, as well as about everybody else here, but here's a young driver starting his sophomore season on the circuit, and at this point doesn't appear to be suffering from the sophomore jinx that we see so many times. Drivers just really laboring in their second time around. He's turned into a good, solid little race driver. He's about to lose that third spot, however, over in turn three. That's what Greg Sachs goes to the inside of Dylan. Sachs puts the yellow and green Chevrolet right up beside Dylan. And one driver in trouble off the corner is Jeff Fuller. It comes out of the throttle. A problem on his car now. The field really getting together and banging off each other, trying to scramble around Fuller's suddenly slowing machine. A follow-up in his pit in a moment. Now we'll pick up again that race between Sachs and Dillon for third. It is for third battle, and Sachs has got the inside line. Dillon in the Detroit Gasket Chevrolet. They're still side-by-side as they're flying toward turn three. Greg Sachs on the middle of the racetrack. Mike Dillon up against the outside wall in the backstretch. Now they're still door handle to door handle. I thought Greg Sachs would get the run underneath Dillon, but Dillon makes it stick on the high groove. Greg got right down on the flat part of the racetrack, and he's about to lose another spot right now as Mike Dillon just drove off and left him. Jason Keller also takes a swing around the outside and will put him one spot further back. Meanwhile, Jeff Fuller is on the apron of the racetrack and heading for pit road here very shortly, limping down into turns three and four. Scramble for third place off turn two. They're coming out of turn two. It is still Dillon, but he's feeling the heat from Jason Keller in the Slim Jim Chevrolet. Keller right on the back bumper of the Detroit gasket Chevrolet of Mike Dillon. Now Keller looks to the inside. Dillon prefers to run the medium groove right in the middle of the turns while Jason Keller sticks it on the bottom of the racetrack. 
Racing three deep through the corners, back in the pack for about 20th spot, while up front, Jeff Green is across the start-finish line, completing lap 98. Two more laps around, and he can collect the Gatorade halfway money. Let's follow him into one. It is Jeff Green by about 15 car lengths over the second-place car of Tim Steele. Jeff Green comes out of turn two. He's looking strong down the backstretch. Jeff Green, his line for the day has been right up against the outside wall in the backstretch. Swings it high coming into three, but puts it right on the white line at the bottom of the 12-degree banking in three. Jeff Green is really, that team has done their homework here at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. They've had a good handling race car in practice, in qualifying, and certainly in the race all day. One lap around, and he'll be halfway home and will collect $2,000 from the Gatorade folks for the front runner award. Let's follow him around as he makes his way to the halfway point. He's in turn two. It is still Jeff Green looking very strong in that Diamond Ridge Motorsports Chevrolet down the back stretch, skirting the wall toward turn three. Jeff Green, the leader, has equal distance between himself and the second place car of Jason Keller and a lap, or excuse me, the nearly lap car of Mike Wallace right in front of him. As he comes off of turn number four, Carl Simmons, the NASCAR Bush Series chief starter, shows Jeff Green the crossed flags, and at halfway, Jeff Green is the race leader. He collects the $2,000 Gatorade Front Runner Award. The, another of the top contenders has just apparently had a problem. Jason Keller running third a lap ago, now losing many positions on the racetrack. He's got about uh, 20 guys that have passed him in the last lap around. We'll follow up with he and Jeff Fuller. Jeff Green with a substantial lead just past halfway in the Las Vegas 300. Four 4.2 seconds is his advantage. That's been helped somewhat by the fact that a couple of the top three drivers have had mechanical troubles in the last few laps. We go first to Pit Road and Jim Phillips with an update on Jason Keller's troubles. It's a transmission problem for Jason Keller. They have a bad vibration, which is causing the car to jump out of gear. Now, what they can do is come in and put a bungee cord to hold the shifter in place if they choose to do that, or he... Some drivers uh, at some racetracks can hold it in gear for a while before the their heart gives out, but they'll probably they'll have to come in on the pit lane. Imagine driving one-handed at speeds like this would be terribly fun. Let's go back into the garage and check on Jeff Fuller. Yeah, we're standing beside Jeff Fuller. Jeff, tremendous run. You were 12th in Atlanta last week. You're going to be better today. What happened? Uh, I guess the uh, snout on the front of the crankshaft broke and it uh, threw off the oil belt, so... Uh, that ain't a good sign, but uh, it just feels good that the car is running as good as it is. I mean, you know, we drove up to third there and uh, had a really good run going for Sunoco. Jeff Fuller obviously disappointed. He was a winner at Bristol last August, but he's out early today. Just past halfway in the Las Vegas 300, Jeff Green is dominating the mid-stages of the race. Just joining us, it was Joe Nemechek going from third to first on lap number one, and he dominated the first 50 laps of the event, then encountered an engine problem that has dropped him back into the field, though he is still running and still on the lead lap. From there, Jeff Green has kind of taken over as the dominant car, though others who have shared the lead at various points in the race include uh, Greg Sachs, who led for a handful of laps, and also Todd Bodine, who's been out in front for a couple of times and a couple of drivers really come strong from the back of the field to the front early in the event like Jimmy Spencer and Michael Waltrip those drivers uh, working their way back toward the front now after a series of pit stops a short while ago and at this point we'll set the field for you just past halfway we show 26 of the original 42 starters still on the lead lap it's Jeff Green out in front Phil Parsons is second running in third is Tim Steele Todd Bodine is fourth and Dick Trickle is fifth sixth position belongs to Mike Dillon with Jimmy Spencer 7th, Michael Waltrip 8th, ninth being held by Steve Park, and Greg Sachs is 10th. 11th is Hermie Sadler, Elliott Sadler is 12th. 
13th is held by Shane Hall. 14th position, Mike McLaughlin. Glenn Allen is 15th. 16th is Jason Keller. Kevin LePage, 17th. Joni Macek back up to 18th now. 19th belongs to Tim Fidoa. Mark Green is 20th. Terry Labonte is 21st. Dale Jarrett, 22nd. Bobby Labonte, 23rd. Tim Bender, 24th. And Jerry Robertson, 25th. 26th is Stevie Reeves. Rodney Combs is 27th. 28th is Johnny Chapman. All of those drivers are on the lead lap. Now a lap down in 29th, just getting overtaken by the leader a lap ago. Mike Wallace there. Randy Porter is 30th. 31st is Jeff McClure. Tracy Leslie's 32nd. Brad Payne is 33rd. Drivers behind the wall include Jeff Fuller, Joe Bessie, Elton Sawyer, Ron Barfield, Buckshot Jones, Jimmy Foster, Doug Taylor, and Ed Spencer the third. Randy LaJoy has been in and out from behind the wall with an ignition problem on his car. He's just come back onto the racetrack. He's running 37th now, and he is 39 laps behind the race leader. That's the way things stand just past halfway. This mid-race update brought to you by Chevrolet and Team Monte Carlo. Chevrolet, the car's more champions trust. Best race on the speedway will be for sixth position. It's been a good one for the last couple of laps. Even better right now here at the start-finish line. Jimmy Spencer has it. Michael Waltrip dives underneath him going off into turn number one and may come away with a sixth position. Waltrip has that low line. He wanted to slide up high. Jimmy Spencer wouldn't let him. And now Waltrip just forces the issue. He shuts the door on Jimmy Spencer. They're nose to tail down the back stretch. The band-aid forward of Michael Waltrip now puts a little bit of distance between himself and Jimmy Spencer. He has the better run down the back stretch and will hold the line back in three. Have caution waving at the start finish line as Jeff Green comes down to the stripe. The yellow flag at lap number 111 uh, apparently for some debris that has been spotted on the racetrack by the NASCAR officials that are stationed at various places around the oval looking on. So the caution to wave for the sixth time in the event again at lap 111 for debris on the speedway and that will be uh, kind of a bad break for Mike Wallace who just went a lap down a few trips uh, around the speedway ago. If he could have held on and got that caution a little bit earlier uh, might have helped out. Yeah, it really would have, but it's going to be a big break for a lot of the guys that were in danger of maybe ending up a lap down also before it was all over the pace that Jeff Green had been setting here this afternoon. Field beginning to get strung out quite uh, viciously, so to speak, back there for a moment. This caution flag is going to bunch them all right back up. It has been an interesting race. We're past the halfway point. If you might have joined our broadcast a little bit late, we're 111 laps into the 200-lap event here this afternoon, the Las Vegas 300. Now we see quite a few of the front runners peeling off up in turns three and four, getting ready to come into the pits. Alan told you just a little bit ago on that round of pit stops that the leader at that time, Jeff Green, elected to stay on the racetrack, and now he is bringing his car into the pits. Here's Jeff Green along with Tim Steele. You've got Greg Sachs, Mike Dillon, uh, others coming to pit road. The race lead will go to Phil Parsons, who stays on the racetrack. He will come across the stripe with the lead the next time around. Meantime, let's cover the stops of Jeff Green and others. He works his way down toward Jim Phillips at the turn one end of pit road. Alan, this was a good break for Jeff Green because uh, he was going to have to pit under Green for sure. Uh, He pitted on lap 38, did not come in when the others did, so he was going to have to pit under Green in a few laps, and then just uh, the caution saved him from having to pit under Green. Behind him is Mike Dillon. The hood goes up on Bobby Labonte's car, and right in front of those folks is Tim Fidoa. He's getting a chassis adjustment, no tires. Talk to the... uh, Goodyear people and uh, some of the crews today have said the tires should go the distance today. Winston Kelly. Greg Sachs' crew wrapping up a four-tire stop there. He's going to pull down and away. Terry Levani on pit road. Shane Hall. Glenn Allen Jr. back on pit road. They're trying to change that spark plug wire that we documented earlier in the race. David Ift and the crew trying to get it readjusted. Check in quickly with Bill Armour. 
Rodney Combs down on this uh, end of pit road. He got four tires and 76 racing fuel. Also, Stevie Reeves in for a round of tires and gasoline. Tim Bender in for a quick stop right sides. And Johnny Chapman also in gas only. So Phil Parsons will become the fifth different driver to lead today's Las Vegas 300. He will officially move out front when they come to the stripe, this time at lap 113. Then a lap before we get the restart, Mike Wallace will be on the tail end of the lead lap in front of race leader Phil Parsons. Mike running between the first and second place cars a lap down. When leader Jeff Green peeled off and made a pit stop, Mike stayed on the racetrack, so now he is on the tail end of the lead lap and will come up in front of race leader Phil Parsons when we see the green. Got Todd Bodine running in third, Dick Trickle fourth, Michael Walton. Waltrip uh, will be fifth. Make that Todd Bodine running second. Dick Trickle third. Michael Waltrip fourth. And Jimmy Spencer running in fifth. Pace car heads for pit road. We're set for the restart now. So it'll be a real scramble the first 10 or 15 laps here. Most of the cars with fresh rubber on are ready to get down to it again as they haul it off down to turn number one. Scramble's going to be on back there for second place for a quick moment. Dick Trickle has thoughts of maybe trying to take away a spot as he eases down into turn number one. A big traffic jam over to turn two. There nose to tail into turns one and two. And actually, the slower car has got a good jump. Mike Wallace opens up about three car lengths between himself and the leader, Phil Parsons. Parsons now in line with that uh, lap traffic. Now Todd Bodine will get by the lap car of Randy LaJoy. Bodine about five car lengths behind the race leader, Phil Parsons. Michael Waltrip trapped out of line by Steve Park. Banging no doors there as they race for fourth and fifth positions as they come up off the corner. Waltrip tried to run up to the outside of Dick Trickle, had to gather it back up. Now he and Park are side-by-side side for fifth as they work their way off at a one and two. They're still door-to-door as they come into turn one. Steve Park showing a lot of maturity here this afternoon. He was banging fenders with Greg Sachs earlier. Now he's doing it with Michael Waltrip. Although Waltrip gives him some racing room as they exit turn two. Now Michael Waltrip puts the band-aid forward completely out in front of Steve Park's Chevrolet. Waltrip now sets his sights on the car right in front of him. That's Dick Trickle. Tell you what, we've been sitting here in the tower all afternoon, kind of catching our breath time after time because you just knew there was going to be a seven or eight car pileup the way they've been racing out there. But so far, they have dodged some big bullets. Heading back into turn number one, they take a look on the leaders. That's Phil Parsons as they go into the corner. Todd Bodine had thoughts of maybe trying to swing around on the outside. Let's follow them over to turn two. Todd Bodine takes a brief look to the outside. Phil Parsons has got trouble with the lap car of Randy Porter and Mike Wallace just ahead. So Phil Parsons has got his hands full as he heads to turn three. The Stanley Pontiac of Todd Bodine right on the back bumper of the channel lock Chevrolet of Phil Parsons. Now Bodine swings to the high side and turns three and four to look for the lead. It's update that Mike Wallace and Randy Porter are on the tail end of the lead lap. Porter getting around following Mike Wallace around Parsons, so they are on the tail end of the lead lap hoping to stay there and get a caution. Get back in the hunt for the win. Parsons trying to deal with them and what's behind him in one. Parsons holding down the lead. Todd Bodine on the outside groove in second spot. Then there's the uh, lap car of Randy LaJoy, so Dick Trickle is third. Michael Waltrip in fourth. Now Randy LaJoy will smartly pull his lap car to the inside, let the faster leaders go by on the high side. Now it's battle for the race lead. Give the race lead to Todd Bodine. Parsons dropped back to second. Todd Bodine saw him get boxed in behind the Porter car for just a second and decided to make the move to the outside and goes around on the outside. Gutsy move for him over there, but he comes away with the lead. Now the scramble is on for Phil Parsons just to be able to hang on to the number two position there in two. Todd Bodine trying to put Randy Porter a lap down, and he's side-by-side with Porter. They fly down the back stretch. He'll also try to take Mike Wallace. Now Michael Waltrip comes alongside Dick Trickle, the battle of the track for third. Give it to that Band-Aid forward of Michael Waltrip. He muscles his way past Dick Trickle into the third spot. So Michael Waltrip rallying back.
back, first from a poor starting position, then from uh, starting at the tail end of the line when pitting, when pit road was closed on an earlier caution. Now he's back up to the third position. Got his sights now set on second place Phil Parsons as he and leader Todd Bodine are in traffic. Waltrip closes the gap very quickly. Now he's within half a car length of Phil Parsons in second. So the lead is Bodine, Parsons, Waltrip and Trickle, single file down the back stretch. Now Randy Porter, who was fighting to try to stay on the tail end of the lead lap, has been put a lap down by the leader, Bodine. He falls a couple of more spots back. Porter in trouble on the inside of the track. 121 laps about to be put on the scoreboard as they come off the corner. Almost a spin out coming out of that turn. Mike Wallace had it completely pointed toward the wall for just a second. Did a heck of a job. Got a little drop kick coming out of that corner. Did a great job of saving the car. That has boxed up everybody from second place on back and what a race in turn two. Bodine has got the lead but now Michael Waltrip slips to the inside and he takes second spot away from Phil Parsons. Now Waltrip will stay on the middle of the backstretch line. He goes to the inside of that Randy Porter machine. Porter go to the high side and Waltrip up to third. Excuse me, second. He's going to bring Parsons with him in third. Parsons checked up when Mike Wallace got sideways in front of him after contact between leader Todd Bodine and Wallace. And Parsons checked up. That cost him that position. Now he's gotten it back underway and continues to run third in line. Lap 122 on the board. Still Todd Bodine trying to put Mike Wallace a lap down. We are now with about uh, 78 laps to go with 30 machines on the lead lap if Mike Wallace is able to stay in that spot. We are under caution for the seventh time in the Las Vegas 300. Mike Wallace and Todd Bodine racing hard with Wallace trying to stay on the tail end of the lead lap and Bodine trying to get around him because he's being pressured from behind. Get together in turn number four. Wallace spins when Bodine checks up. The field scatters behind him. It collects Joni Macek and Jason Keller into the wall in four. Behind them, Tim Bender gets spun around in traffic and backs hard into the turn four wall. And we have three cars sitting on the main straightaway now. Nemechek. Keller and Benders, and the caution flag waving for the seventh time in this event. Barney, kind of one of those things you could almost see coming as hard as they were all racing together up the front there. Well, you kind of wondered how they had dodged the bullet all day long, as close as they've been racing, guys bumping each other, touching each other, kind of kicking cars sideways, drop kicking from the rear. It had to happen sooner or later. It could have been a whole lot worse. We're yeah. very fortunate that it only took out about four cars up there. It could have been seven or eight real easy. And through all of that, Michael Waltrip came away with the race lead. He and uh, Phil Parsons, as well as Steve Park, got underneath Todd Bodine when Todd and Mike Wallace got together, and Todd had to check up up in turn four. So now put Michael Waltrip back out in front of the event as we are uh, now down to 76 laps to go. At least four drivers will go to the garage after an accident at lap 123. Mike Wallace, uh, Tim Bender, Joni Macek, and Jason Keller. Let's go to the garage in Bill Armour. We're standing beside Mike Wallace and beside his damaged race car. Mike, uh, you had an awfully fast car all day, but a couple of things happened. First, tell us about the accident. Well, unfortunately, you know, we uh, got a stop-and-go penalty for, I don't really believe it was a rightful stop-and-go penalty. It says I jumped the green, which... Spotter called the green, and I went, but, uh, you know, I was just trying to race Todd clean. I was on the outside of him. I sure thought he would have, you know, raced us clean, and uh, unfortunately, I guess he had a temporary lack of talent or something. He got in the left rear and got us turned around, but, you know, the unfortunate side otherwise, you know, on that previous stop, you can't see the green flag to open pit road there. Uh, we come down pit road, and I guess they said it was closed, so we had to go to tail end along this line, so... We've been fighting back all day. Ed Whitaker's car and Clabber Girl, we appreciate their help. And we had a great race car. We had a top 10, top 5 car, maybe a shot to win this thing. But uh, unfortunately, because of other people's mistakes, we won't do it today. Mike Wallace, uh, with a good bit of good nature, uh, says all of that. Uh, They've obviously had an up-and-down day, but a great race car. uh, Been in all the way to the rear glass. Back to you. 
Well, you're going to see some of those accidents happen here. We've talked about it all afternoon. We have expected to see a lot more. been very fortunate that we haven't. And we are still under caution. The eighth, actually it's the seventh one of the afternoon. Unfortunately, this one will send four good cars to the garage area. Jason Keller having a good run. He will be taken out of the event. Joe Nemechek, who dominated the first 50 laps of the event, got behind with a series of pit stops, seemed to have cured whatever his problem was and was rallying back to the front, was just uh, coming up on uh, a good top 10 position. In fact, uh, I believe it just moved into the top 10 when he was swept up in this accident. So a bad, uh, bad break there for Joe. And uh, also Mike Wallace out of the event, as well as Tim Bender. This uh, Tim out in his backup car after an accident earlier in the weekend here. And uh, it will not be a a great weekend for the Robbie Reiser team and the Kraft Singles folks as Bender's car being loaded onto a rollback to be taken back into the garage area. If all of those drivers do retire from the event, give us a total of a dozen who will be out of the race now. And still we have 74 laps to go, so the attrition rate been uh, somewhat high here at Las Vegas today. And I don't think that's really completely unexpected. We generally see a high attrition rate and a number of cautions anytime we go to a racetrack for the very first time. And particularly the way they've been racing here because they've been two deep and three deep all afternoon. And as we said, we've been expecting to see more cars get caught up in the accident. Right now, pit road is closed because they are still cleaning up on the apron of the racetrack down in turn number four up there. All three of those cars being moved away now. A couple of them had to be put on a rollback. That's how serious the damage was. Track doesn't look that fast to sit up here and look out the window. But when you're running straightaway speeds of about 170 miles an hour and coming off that corner at well over 150 plus, you turn it around and back it into that wall. You look at some of these cars that are loaded on these rollbacks. You can see what kind of damage it does. Very fast racetrack indeed. This uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway mile and a half. Next weekend, Motor Racing Network heading to Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. Our coverage beginning on Friday with Bush Pole qualifying at 3.30 Eastern Time. Saturday, the NASCAR Bush Series in the Diamond Hill 200. And our broadcast of that event at 12.45 Eastern Time. Then one week from today, the NASCAR Winston Cup Series back in action in the Trans-South Financial 400, 12.45 Eastern Time on MRN Radio. Tickets available at Darlington. Give them a call and join us. If you have never seen a race at the old mile and a third, it is a spectacular thing, and we look forward to being in Darlington next weekend. More on some upcoming events in a moment. First, Pit Road is now open. Stops for all of the leaders. Let's cover Michael Waltrip's stop as well as some of the others with Winston Kelly and Bill Armour. Let's go down and cover Michael Waltrip's stop. Alan, actually, we're behind Pit Road just making our way back to the garage area, but we hope to get down there in a minute. All right, let's uh, meanwhile swing up the other end of Pit Road and Jim Phillips. Well, Jeff Green is in, so is Elliot Sadler. There's no indication of tires for Sadler or Green, so both of these cars, gasoline only. Mike Gillen's going to beat him out of the pits. He's taking gasoline only. Tim Fito is going to take right side tires. Here goes Michael Waltrip out of the pits with service. Shane Hall's leaving the pit area. Bobby Labonte's still getting left side tires. There goes Greg Sachs. Todd Bodine is out. Jimmy Spencer. Bill Parsons, Dick Trickle, and here comes Hermie Sadler, all with service. So all these cars at this point of the race only getting gasoline. Dale Jarrett and Terry Labonte go by, along with Kevin LePage. And we look on the scoreboard, there's 128 laps on the scoreboard. That means we got 72 to go. And a lot of these cars, Alan, I think, can go the distance if it comes down to it. And Alan... Joe Nemechek just walked out of the infield care center. The good news is he's okay. You had another fast car here in the Bush Series, but not to be. Could you tell what happened? Uh, I, I, in that wreck, I don't know. There was a slow car up front, and everybody was kind of monkeying around there. I don't know what happened. Just cars all of a sudden got sideways, and I was up high. I was fine. Then all of a sudden, uh, 
uh, Jason Keller slid up in front of me. He didn't have anywhere to go. It's just a shame. Uh, you know, the Bell South Mobility Chevrolet was awesome. I think we had the car to win this race today. Uh, we started smoking there earlier. We lost a cylinder, and we still come back up through the pack. You know, we were right going right back to the front and uh, uh, just trying to bide our time and trying to have a halfway decent finish, but uh, just wasn't meant to be today. Even one cylinder down had worked his way back up into the top ten, but Joe Nemechek out of it this afternoon. Did have a very strong race car. Unfortunately, he will be one of 12 cars behind the wall with still 71 laps to go in the race. Las Vegas 300 from the Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the NASCAR Busch Series live on Motor Racing Network. At this point, we're under caution for the seventh time in the race after a multi-car accident off of turn four. Todd Bodine and Mike Wallace. Todd, the leader. Mike uh, trying to stay on the tail end of the lead lap, getting together off that corner. Swept up a few others into the accident and that is where we sit now under this yellow flag green flag is waving at las vegas after pit stops among some of the leaders steve park is now the man out in front with tim Steele second mike dillon in third elliot sadler fourth and michael waltrip in fifth the leaders working their way through some lap traffic as they sort it out onto the backstretch now that's where mike dillon the third place runner got caught up a little bit in the slower traffic had to check up just a little bit allowed the race leaders of park and Steele to move on Good scramble for the lead as they come off turn number four. Tim Steele trying to take it away from Steve Park. He gets a run on him coming out of the turn, dives down to the inside of the racetrack, and they race door-to-door across the line. That is for the lead. Let's follow that battle back into turn number one. Good scramble for third place also. A couple of Chevrolets going at it for the lead. Tim Steele to the inside of Steve Park, and then there's that battle for third. You've got Mike Dillon to the low side, and here comes Tracy Leslie trying to take it away from Dillon as they all head down the backstretch. The battle on the track is for the race lead on the inside inside of the speedway is that car of Tim Steele. Steve Park on the high side. Dillon lines up right behind the Tim Steele car. They're back in four. Big stack up for the race lead. Going to get three wide off the corner. Here's Mike Dillon looking low. Tim Steele moves down to block and shuts off the inside but Steve Park still on the outside. Steele moves up there. Here comes Dillon back low. Three wide for the lead in one. It is Park Dillon and Steele, and Dillon will take the lead away from Steele, but here comes Elliot Sadler out of nowhere. He's battling door-to-door with Tim Steele for second. Sadler sticks his Chevrolet in the middle of the backstretch right beside the car on the high side. That is Dillon. They're side-by-side, two-by-two-by-two all the way through the top ten. Tell you what, some of these young drivers really putting on an impressive run here this afternoon. Elliot Sadler, one of those, and Steve Park, the other. Back down to the line. It finally uh, gets back single file among the front three right now and lap 134 is on the board. Three lead changes in the last five laps. The latest of them, Tim Steele moving out in front, got around Mike Dillon, brought Elliott Sadler with him. Steve Park had third. Todd Bodine has just taken that from him. So now Bodine third, Park fourth. Jeff Green rallies back up to fifth. They're all on the backstretch. That's what Jeff Green will take that fifth spot away from Mike Dillon. Now Greg Sachs looks to the inside as Dillon's Detroit gasket Chevy pushes high. All the fans here on the West Coast getting their first look at Bush Grand National Cup here at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway, and they've really got their nickels worth this afternoon. This has been a dandy. Tim Steele is the leader. Elliot Sadler rides second as they work back to turn one. One car in trouble off turn four. Mike McLaughlin rode the cushion, if you will, like a dirt track all the way through turn four. The car trying to get away from him. Finally, he popped the outside wall. He has gotten the car back together and continued away. We will stay under green. Let's pick up that chase for the lead on the backstretch. That's what Tim Steele is, the race leader. The front three cars single file, a little bit of distance to the fourth place car Steve Park. 
Once they put them back under green just a moment ago, now all afternoon the field is kind of spread out. It hasn't done that way this time. There's about 15 cars, actually more than that, up in the lead pack. Still Tim Steele by one car length over Todd Bodine, but from Todd Bodine on back to about 8th or 10th place, some strong racing in turn one. Phil Parsons just took a position away from Michael Waltrip on a bold move to the inside of turn one, but now the battle for the lead heats up as Todd Bodine looks to the inside of Tim Steele. Steele moves to the high side, comes to the low side to put a block on Todd Bodine, they're single file. The top six now make it the top seven cars single file. Steele making a one-off ride in the Phoenix construction car after James Finch, the team owner, parted company with his longtime driver Jeff Purvis during the week this week. Here's Todd Bodine's challenge for the lead. He runs down to the inside of Steele off of four, takes the lead at the stripe. Steele trying to hang tough on the outside and one. Steele not able to take the line he wanted to as uh, Todd Bodine had that inside groove and now Elliot Sadler will try to split the difference. Sadler spins coming off of turn two. Lots of white smoke coming off and Sadler hits the retaining wall to the exit of turn two. Everybody dives down low. Jerry Robertson spins his car to avoid the melee, but uh, Sadler is slowing down and crawling down the back stretch. Caution is on the speedway. A little contact over there looks like what started that accident that might have collected about three or four cars. Let's go back to Dan Hubbard. We had Tim Steele on the outside, Todd Bodine to the inside. As they exited turn two, Elliot Sadler tried to split the difference right between them. The tail got a little bit loose. He spun the car all the way around a 180, the front end of the car. Heavy damage to the hood of that automobile. Hit the wall right at the exit of turn two. And right now, Sadler is limping back to the pits. Caution for the eighth time in today's event. Let's get out of the garage. Winston Kelly has been walking with one of the drivers who was involved in the, the last accident that put us under caution back at lap 123. Winston? Jason, some problems up ahead of you. You had another decent car. Then how did it unfold? I had another great car, you know. we uh, car jumped out of gear a little bit before that and got me back there while I was running third. And uh, I don't know, I saw the wreck. And, and, you know, it's just one of these chain reactions, no one's fault or anything. And uh, car cleared me from the back and got me to spinning and uh, tore up my favorite race car, man. I tell you, that's the only bad thing. But uh, we had this Slim Jim car up front, and uh, you know, Chevrolet had a really good downforce car here, and, and we're really running good. And, uh, man, I can't say enough about this racetrack. And, uh I qualified 13th here in, uh, in Vegas, so I can tell you that's unlucky. So uh, <laughs> next time, if I qualify 13th when I come here, I'm going to start 14th. That's Jason Keller, the Slim Jim Chevrolet, all torn up. He thought he had the accident cleared, but got clipped from behind. couple of stops among leaders under this particular caution flag. Michael Waltrip, whose car nearly got away from him while racing third in line a couple of laps ago, is in, as is Steve Park, who was the leader a short time ago. Let us go to Bill Armour. Yeah, I'm um, behind the wall here as Mike McLaughlin's car gets a once-over. The, the damage probably wasn't as bad as uh, once appeared. Uh, the right rear uh, just behind the wheel was kind of crunched in. They're doing the, uh, doing the cosmetic work that they can do with the Bondo. And uh, the uh, uh, Michael Waltrip car is in just as we, uh, as we turn around and look back on pit road. They got right side tires. We talked to Ronnie Silver during that last stop when they came down and got gas only. They said that their tires drop off pretty quickly for the first couple of laps, but he liked that set of tires that he had previous to this stop, so they were going to go ahead and try to go the distance if they had to. Now they've got right side tires that are brand new. Let's get an update down on pit road from Jim Phillips. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of damage on Elliott Sadler's car. Had one of the top five cars running in that particular segment. The left front is caved in. Uh, they've got uh, radiator damage, so all the fluid is uh, leaking out of the radiator. They're trying to, uh, they've already taken the hood off. 
They're trying to get uh, cut the left front fender away and still get the air dam where it will uh, not drag the racetrack, and uh, they're cutting it away right now. I can't see the right side damage. Uh, they do have uh, most of the left side damage as far as the rear of the car fixed as uh, Sadler still sets the machine with the engine cut off. Elliott eighth in the NASCAR Bush Series championship standings coming into this event, hoping to get back out after uh, encountering problems, trying to race for the lead in the late going in today's Las Vegas 300. They've taken Sadler's car back to the garage area. Winston Kelly has gone to look on. We'll hope to get a word with Elliott after a short while. On the racetrack, it is Tim Steele with Todd Bodine, Jeff Green, Mike Dillon, and Greg Sachs running in the top five spots. Many, many candidates for the Goodies Headache Award. But the members of the media covering today's race will vote on at the conclusion of the event, uh, awarding $250 to the driver suffering the hardest luck during the running of or preparation for this race. Goody's Headache Powder is the official pain reliever of NASCAR, and I can think of uh, many people that I would toss a vote for in that direction uh, for the Goody's Headache Award. Why don't we set the field for you while we run under caution and we have 55 laps to go. It is uh, the race lead belonging to Tim Steele with Todd Bodine in second, as we said, uh, Jeff Green third, Mike Dillon fourth, and Greg Sachs fifth. You've got Phil Parsons sixth, Dick Trickle, 7th. Terry Labonte, 8th. Hermie Sadler, ninth, And uh, Jimmy Spencer rounding out the top 10, though there's been a report from some of the spotters around the racetrack that he might have a fender rub on his machine. We'll hope to follow up there in a minute. The 11th spot is held by Kevin LePage. Tim Fita was 12th. Dale Jarrett, 13th. Bobby Labonte is 14th. And uh, Glenn Allen is in 15th position. Rodney Combs is 16th. 17th belongs to Johnny Chapman. Steve Park is 18th. Michael Waltrip is 19th. Shane Hall is in the 20th position, and those 20 cars are on the lead lap. At this point, showing a lap down in 21st position is Tracy Leslie, 22nd, Jeff McClure, Jerry Robertson, 23rd, and Randy Porter, 24th. Mike McLaughlin has just come back out from behind the wall. He is in 25th. 26th position is being shown Elliott Sadler, though he is back in the garage area and behind the wall. Running 27th is Brad Payne. Mark Green is 28th. And then we get to the list of those who are out of the race and many behind the wall. They include Jason Keller, Joni Macek, Tim Bender, Mike Wallace, uh, Elton Sawyer, Jeff Fuller, Joe Bessie, Ron Barfield, Buckshot Jones, Jimmy Foster, Doug Taylor, and Ed Spencer. Although we will mention that Elton Sawyer has come back onto the racetrack in the last short time in the event. He is uh, running, trying to fill out some laps, as is Randy LaJoy, but they are many, many laps down to the race leader. That's our uh, full field summary now at 54 laps to go. Let's go downstairs. And the guy that's got the least experience up in that top five is a young guy named Mike Dillon. I'm with his crew chief, Dean Johnson. Dean, he's giving you a heck of a ride today. Yeah, we're just trying to concentrate on keeping our track position today. It seems to be very, very important. These Goodyear tires are staying good for a long period of time, so I think we can go to the end from here. How about uh, your strategy right now? What are you telling this young driver how to keep him out of trouble? There's been a lot of accidents out there, some in front of him, some behind him. Yeah, right now we want to stay in line and see if we can't get away from that pack behind us. And uh, there is a draft here. And uh, see if we can't go on the front and win this thing. That's Dean Johnson, crew chief for young Mike Dillon. Top five right now in the Detroit Gasket Chevrolet. Tell you what, he has really impressed me today. He's, he's driven a great race. He's got himself kind of boxed in a time or two, but for the most part, he has done exactly what he needs to do all day long, and I wouldn't count him out of having a good shot to win this thing. Elliot Sadler, as we talked about, having the problem over there a moment ago, he's been very impressive here today. And for no more amount of races than 
than that boy has run. He is probably as impressive to me as any young driver I've seen come along in a long time. Got an awful lot of talent and uh, certainly a big future ahead of him, uh, Elliot Sadler, though unfortunately behind the wall at this point, Winston Kelly has been over around his car, and uh, Winston, the work continues on that machine. Yes, it does, Alan. There's a lot of damage to the front of the car. Jim Phillips already relayed that the left front fender has been completely pulled off. Elliot's still sitting in the car with the window net up, uh, awfully dejected. The left side of the car has been jacked way up, so we'll let him sit in solace right now. He did relay on that he didn't really know what happened out there, what caused the accident, but the crew still working, Sandy Jones and the boys underneath the hood, hoping to get him back on the track and get some of those valuable NASCAR Bush Series points. So that's the way we sit right now at lap number 146 as we continue under the caution. Uh, later on in today's Las Vegas 300, the MRN Radio pit reporters will select the Wagner Brake Super Crew Award winner, the pit crew deserving uh, getting the most nominations for uh, helping their driver's position advance during today's race. We'll get $500 from Wagner Brakes, and there's been some interesting pit strategy calls during this event, too. We've had about everything we, we could have today here, Barney. Some guys running into problems, rallying back. We've had some different pit stop schedules for various guys and unfortunately we've had a couple of uh, bumps and bangs on the racetrack too just about anything you could think of we've thrown at the storyline for this event well i was just uh, out back a moment ago listening to some of the fans here and they are very impressed with nascar's bush grand national division coming here for the first time and having a chance to see what these guys can do on a mile and a half speedway and so far i don't think there's anybody here today that has been disappointed that will leave here that uh, cannot say we've seen a great show yeah it's been a been an exciting race definitely and uh, we look forward to coming back here to las vegas motor Speedway many more times in the future. Last night at this racetrack, under the lights, this is a lighted racetrack, by the way. Last night under the lights, they held an event for the NASCAR Featherlight Southwest Tour, and Chris Rodman drove his Chevrolet to the win in the Nevada 200. Chris from Redding, California. He beat Mark Reed, Gary Smith, Sean Monroe, and Matt Kenseth in that 200-mile event. That happening here last night at Las Vegas. Field uh, got the signal now. Uh, one more lap. We'll go back racing. We will see the green flag with 52 laps to go. Be interesting to see if Michael Waltrip and some of those who made a stop under this particular yellow, the couple of them that did, like Michael and Steve Park in particular, will be able to rally back from their lack of track position at this point. Park running 19th and Michael 20th on the restart. And uh, see how quickly that uh, torrid race for the lead resumes also. Tim Steele, Todd Bodine, Jeff Green, Mike Dillon, they were going at it hot and heavy uh, before the last yellow flag. They're about uh, about to get back at it again. I don't think we'll be, have any shortage of lack of action here this afternoon. 148 laps about to go up on the scoreboard as they come down to the line. Green flag goes in the air, and they come up through that gearbox in a hurry. Race off toward turn number one. Tim Steele takes them down to the corner. Todd Bodine hangs with him. They have a lap car on the outside in the form of Tracy Leslie. They are three wide in turn one, and they do it in a hurry. Right when they got into turn one, Todd Bodine bumped Tim Steele out of the way, and now they are side-by-side side as they're exiting turn two. Todd Bodine with only half a car length over Tim Steele. Now Jeff Green comes to the middle of the back stretch, pulls up, and he'll battle that, or join that battle for the race lead, rather. Todd Bodine on the inside, Tim Steele on the high side. They're in four. And Jeff Green right behind with the lap car of Tracy Leslie outside of him. Here they come up off turn number four. For Bodine with about a half a fender length out in front. Steele rallies back on the outside. Steele by a foot at the stripe. Bodine, though, still inside of him, door to door into one. Bodine was, works the middle groove into turn one, kind of forces Tim Steele a little higher than he would like. But now St- Tim Steele comes down hard on the Stanley Pontiac. They're still door to door with Jeff Green in third, flying down the back stretch. Jeff Green has the best seat in the house for this battle for the race lead. Again, Todd Bodine sticks it right in the middle of the racetrack and forces Steele to the the high side. Now the inside lane will open up. Jeff Green takes a peek. 
thinks better of it. Jeff Green almost put it down on the flat part of the apron. Unfortunately, he was right in the middle of the corner. Had he done that, he would have turned it around. He backs off a little bit right now to watch the front two stay door to door. All he needs to do maybe for the moment is just hold his line there because they may take each other out. They're back in two. Dead even into turn two. Now Bodine backs off just a little bit, and this will give the lead to Tim Steele by about five car lengths now over second place, Jeff Green. Green was able to get by Todd Bodine. Bodine now will lose the third spot. Greg Sachs up to third. Bodine pushes high in three, opens up the lane for Phil Parsons. Todd was having all kinds of trouble keeping his car at the bottom of the racetrack. Not a very comfortable situation when you get a guy racing outside of you for the race lead. Now he has fallen back perhaps to the fourth spot as Greg Sachs now trying to get that third position away from Todd while Tim Steele leads. Obviously, Todd Bodine does not want to go back any farther. He's battling with Greg Sachs wheel to wheel through turns one and turns two. Tim Steele still at the lead with about four car lengths over Jeff Green. You have to be impressed with Tim Steele. He liked to run the low groove the past few laps. Then he was forced to the high side by Todd Bodine. Now Steele back to the low line and he is quick. The side-by-side race for the lead. Jeff Green trying to get up underneath Tim Steele into one. It is Jeff Green in the low line and his Chevrolet really sticking, working very well in that low line. But Tim Steele showing a lot of muscle in his Chevrolet. They're still dead even on their way to turn three. Now Tim Steele will put the Phoenix Chevrolet halfway out in front of Jeff Green. Again, Tim Steele is able to work the high line. For the past couple of laps, he has been stuck on the outside of Jeff Green. Todd Bodine's got the hardest decision of anybody up in that top three as to what to do. Do I get up there and try to take the lead away myself, or do I just stay close enough and hope maybe these two kind of bump each other and go skidding up in the marbles against the turn and then take the lead away? For the moment, all he's going to do is just drift around and watch the front two still stay door-to-door in turn two. Todd Bodine has been here before in the third position behind some very fast leaders. He will pick Tim Steele, tries to follow him into turn three. Now Tim Steele will stick the whole Chevrolet out front, and he's going to bring Todd Bodine with him. Jeff Green drop kick to third. Not able to hold the car down on the bottom, though he will get back up underneath Todd Bodine off the corner and retake second spot. So Tim Steele comes away with the lead. It is Jeff Green second. Todd Bodine going to try him again. Again on the outside for third. Dick Trickle is fourth, about five car lengths back. Tim Steele's got to be loving this. He's got about three car lengths now over the battle for second spot. Todd Bodine riding the middle groove. Jeff Green again working that low line. They're door handle to door handle. They fly out of turn two. Now Dick Trickle about three car lengths behind that battle for second place. Trickle in the position Bodine was in a while ago. He can't decide which car to follow. They're back and four. Not going to see any better racing than this anywhere in the country. And for the first time here with no experience, experience on this racetrack. This is a dandy show for the Bush cars. It's Tim Steele by four car lengths. Jeff Green has just lost the second spot. Todd Bodine eases back up there right now. Dick Trickle's caught the front three. Trickle becomes a player all of a sudden in turn two. Trickle takes that inside line away from Jeff Green and moves up alongside. So it is Trickle in the Duraloop Chevrolet looking for that third spot. Now Trickle sticks it to the middle of the racetrack and Jeff Green's on the high side. There are three car lengths behind the second place car Bodine. There's door handle to door handle. Dick Trickle very quietly all day, soldiering on in the lead lap, now rallying late. Here he is, still trying to get third away from Jeff Green. Also tipped the cap to Greg Sachs, hanging right in there, running now in the sixth position, and Glenn Allen running eighth in the Luxair car. We again, though, look up front to that race for third. It is the battle for third into turn two. Jeff Green sliding up high out of turn two. Dick Trickle with a slight advantage by half a car length, trying to shut the door on Jeff Green, but cannot do it. Now Phil Parsons will stick his Channel X Chevrolet in that battle. Parsons right on the back bumper now of the Dick Trickle car. They're three battle, battling three wide for that position. 
About five laps ago, it was a two-car runaway at the front of the field, dicing for the lead. All of a sudden now, there's eight cars up there within striking distance. Challenge for the lead again. Todd Bodine down to the inside, has to dodge a lap car, made a brilliant move going into the corner to take the lead away. Here comes the challenge for third place. Down at the bottom of the racetrack goes Dick Trickle. Todd Bodine is in the lead, but he's got plenty of company with Tim Steele, Jeff Green, and Dick Trickle. They're all right on his tail in the turn three. Trickle door handle, door handle for the battle for the third spot with Jeff Green. Now Trickle will put it on the inside. Bodine, the leader, Steele, and Jeff Green all in the middle groove. Trickle, the only car at the bottom of the racetrack. And on the move behind those two, Phil Parsons and Michael Waltrip restarted 20th now. He's running in the sixth position and closing fast. Side by side for second. Tim Steele high. Dick Trickle low. Lots of traffic behind him in one. Todd Bodine has the lead by about three car lengths over Dick Trickle who slides up high just in front of Tim Steele. Good move by Dick Trickle, but now Jeff Green looks to the inside. He's got third position. Now Green will slide right up in line or does he here comes tim Steele. Steele strong in his first run with the phoenix chevrolet team but look who's behind him it's michael waltrip on the move tell you what you couldn't pick a winner in this one yet their slaps are winding down in a hurry but it could be anybody's race among seven or eight drivers for the moment it's todd bodine two car lengths make it three ahead of dick trickle then back to jeff green who rides in third for the first time this afternoon dan hubbard it looks like they're going to run single file for at least a lap or so maybe todd bodine is trying to break away but the others will not allow it. Dick Trickle a close second. Jeff Green in third. Tim Steele in fourth. The top seven cars single file right up against the outside wall in the back straightaway. The lap car of Elton Sawyer now right in front of Todd Bodine, the race leader. Sawyer's car back on the racetrack after an accident earlier. He stays well down to the bottom side of the racetrack out of the way. Here's Michael Waltrip got a challenge for fourth position down to the inside of Tim Steele off the corner. He'll pick up fourth spot for the moment at the stripe. Steele going to try and race outside of him back into one. Tim Steele is one tough customer in that Phoenix Construction Chevrolet. He takes the position back from Michael Waltrip. So the order is Bodine, Trickle, Green and still Tim Steele. Tim Steele is doing a whale of a job down here in three and four. His car can run up the bottom of the track and he has shown that he can run on the high side. Tim Steele sits in the fourth spot with Michael Waltrip in fifth. Something else that's going to come into play here very shortly now. A lot of those cars haven't been in the pits in quite a while. They had a long distance to go down to the checkered flag. If you race this hard, you're going to use your car car up, you're going to use the tires up, you're going to make it go away a little bit, not be nearly as strong toward the tail end of this race. So that may be one of the reasons we've seen some of these guys back out a little bit. The leader's in turn two. Todd Bodine giving himself just a little bit of breathing room by about four car lengths over the second spot, Dick Trickle. And then another four car lengths back to the third place runner, that's Jeff Green. Another four back to the fourth place car, Tim Steele and Michael Waltrip in the Band-Aid Ford right on Steele's bumper. Here's Terry Labonte dropping down onto pit road. Would be an unscheduled stop with 35 laps to go. Terry running 21st. In fact, he goes right through the wall and into the garage. So not a spectacular day for Terry Labonte. Certainly never really getting up into contention in this event. The leader is Todd Bodine. Winston Kelly is down by his pit. Winston, they've had uh, their share of scares throughout the day, including a pit stop that didn't go to their liking, but they continue to charge back to the front. And Right now he holds the lead. Clyde, you've had a lot of scares today, kind of an up-and-down day. You had a pit stop that just kind of went awry, but Todd's battled back. Is he, What's he saying about the car? Well, car's a little loose, and it's a little tight. I mean, he's doing one heck of a job. I mean, we've got to give him all the credit in the world, but it's Stanley Pontiac keeping it up front. Just going to run the course of the day, Winston, and see what happens. Hope we're there at the end. The car's been better on the high side. How is it running out front? better by itself. I think some of the problems are aero, so it's kind of better by itself. 
That's the word from Clyde McLeod, the crew chief on the Stanley Pontiac. He'd like to see him stay out front and get some clean air. This is Todd's first experience working with a Pontiac body style, Barney. These first five races this season, he told me earlier this weekend, there's really a lot that goes into figuring out what the car does and needs and wants when you change body styles. He said, we really haven't got as good a grip on that as we'd like. So for him to be talking about his crew chief there, Clyde, to be talking about aero problems, uh, that is one of the things that they're still trying to learn with this uh, change of body styles for Todd is what the Pontiac wants and what it does in traffic. Well, apparently they've got it sorted out pretty well. 168 laps are on the scoreboard. Todd Bodine's hold on the lead. Very, very tentative. Dick Trickle is all over his back bumper. Here goes Trickle after the lead off two and onto the back straightaway. Trickle now looks to the inside of Bodine. There's clean racetrack in front of him. Dick Trickle will take the lead coming into turn three. Now Todd Bodine doesn't want to give it up yet. Bodine back on the high side. Dick Trickle has bided his time all afternoon, put on a good move on several drivers to work his way back up to the front of the field and now grabs a lead away for the moment. Todd Bodine seems content to just tuck along and ride with him as they go back into turn one. Does Dick Trickle have enough to nail down that top spot? He's getting around the slower car of Mike McLaughlin. Right behind Dick Trickle is Todd Bodine. Jeff Green is in third. Let's go to the garage in Bill Armour. Well, we're standing beside Terry Labonte. Uh, he had a motor problem earlier this year. It was the first car out at Richmond. Had a great run at Atlanta last week, but Terry, uh, more motor problems, I guess, again today. Yeah, we uh, broke a valve spring, I guess. It got to where it was missing a little bit at the end of the straightaway, then just got worse and worse, and finally it lost a, a cylinder or two, and uh, we just parked it before it destroyed it. You know, we were going to try to stay out there and stay on the lead lap, but uh, we were losing too much ground. Terry had uh, questions about the motor all week long, but said the track is one of the best he's been on, and the car was handling great. He's out, though, today. Dick Trickle out in front, 25 laps to go, and the leaders come back around. Dick Trickle with a three-car length advantage on what's been a dandy race for the second spot. Jeff Green and Todd Bodine for about the last two laps around, Barney. They've been side-by-side. Green inside, Bodine outside, and neither one of them getting the advantage. And meanwhile, as they do that, Alan, they're also using up the tires, really making the car go away a little bit more. Dick Trickle likes to see that, and all of a sudden, Todd Bodine says, I'm not going to run door-to-door with you anymore. He just tucks back in single file and falls back to third as they swing over to turns one and two right now. Pretty good battle going on for fourth place. It is that battle for fourth. That would be between Tim Steele and Michael Waltrip. Waltrip using a little lower line, using less racetrack than Tim Steele. Their nose to tail down the backstretch. Tim Steele now brings the car into the turn three. He pushes a little high. Waltrip on the right in the back bumper. Waltrip runs high in the middle groove in three and four. Leaders move around Jerry Robertson's car. Lap machine moving down to the inside, giving the race leaders room to get around him as they come to the stripe. Uh, Jim Phillips has been down in the Tim Steele pit, one of the two drivers involved in that scramble for fourth place. Jim, Tim uh, giving that car quite a run in his first time uh, in that seat. Yes, he is with his crew chief, Johnny Allen. Johnny, I'll tell you, Tim Steele has given your car a great ride today. Yes, he is. He's done a great job all week for us here. You know, he claimed on lap 40 there that uh, power steering went out on the car, and if it did, he's a heck of a guy doing, you know, driving the race he's driving right now. How about your car right now? You've fallen back from the first uh, three guys just a little bit. Uh, we've been getting tight all day long. We've been adjusting on it, and uh, they're on a little fresher tires than we was. We had about 20 laps on our tires when they come in and got some more, and I think it's showing up now here in the long run a little bit, but who knows? There's still a few laps to go. That's Johnny Allen, crew chief for Tim Steele. Power steering went out on lap 40. It's a heck of a run for him.
Got to be tough to hang in there without power steering. 176 laps are on the scoreboard. They're winding down in a hurry, still chasing Dick Trickle over in turn three and four. Trickle managing to hang on to the lead. Wouldn't it be some story if he wins this thing? 55-year-old Dick Trickle out in front of this event. He has not won a NASCAR Busch Series event. This is his 49th start in this division. Here he is across the start-finish line. Jeff Green seems to be staying right with him, if not drawing a little bit closer this time with 24 laps to go. Jeff Green has been reeling him in ever so slowly, but he is closing the gap lap after lap. Now in third spot, Todd Bodine has a handling problem. That Pontiac is tail-happy as he slides out of turn two. Likewise with Bodine down here in three and four. Bodine, the car pushes coming into turn three, and then the tail seems like it wants to get away from him halfway through the corners. Dick Trickle doing a whale of a job hanging on to that car as the laps continue to wind down. He would love to win this race here this weekend, Alan. It's a big story in the paper, and of course, uh, if you're a race fan, you've been keeping up with this too. Trickle's nephew, Chris, uh, shot earlier here in the city of Las Vegas and is in a hospital here. Dick has visited him several times. They've had some uh, fundraisers for him and some few other things, so I know it would really mean something special if he could pull it out this afternoon. His nephew Chris, an unfortunate victim of a, a random drive-by shooting, has been in a coma in a hospital here in Las Vegas for I believe uh, about three weeks now and uh, everybody's thoughts and prayers uh, have been with him for that time and of course Dick very much would like to score this win today, not only for himself, but for members of his family who are here in Las Vegas. Across the stripe, Dick has got about a one-car length lead on Jeff Green. He's not free and clear by any means green stalking him with 20 laps to go he really is he's right on the rear bumper of dick trickling you get the impression that jeff green is just trying to work it lap after lap trying to find out where dick is a little bit weak and he's going to try to pull the pass as it goes down the back stretch the last few laps by jeff green look to the inside next time by look to the high side next time to the inside green looks to the inside this time trickle pushes now they're side by side coming off a of four well they tuck back in single file i got a feeling what jeff green is doing is just letting those tires cool down a little bit for at least maybe one or two more shots at Dick Trickle. There's still that many laps left. There are 19 to go. But Dick Trickle doing a heck of a job. And I believe Winston Kelly has been over in his pit. What are they saying? Well, we'll ask Brian Schaefer. Has Dick said anything, Brian, about whether he thinks he's got enough to hold off Jeff Green and Todd Bodine? I think we got enough to hold him off. Uh, I don't know about Jeff Green. He's pretty good. But the door loop Chevrolet is really running good. How about the handling characteristics of your car right now? Neutral? Kind of like you want them? Uh, we were a little loose to start with. We're pretty much neutral right now. That's the word from Brian Schaefer, the crew chief on the Duraloop Chevrolet, as Trickle comes by the start-finish line again. They're hopeful, cautiously optimistic that they can hold off Jeff Green. 18 laps to go in the race. Dick Trickle is out in front. Jeff Green is second. Todd Bodine is third. Tim Steele is fourth. Michael Waltrip is fifth. Sixth is Phil Parsons. Greg Sachs is seventh. Good side-by-side race for eighth between Steve Park and uh, Glenn Allen there. And running in tenth is Mike Dillon. That is the uh, top of the stack now with some 21 cars on the lead lap as we work into the final moments of this event. I'll tell you the one thing Dick Trickle doesn't want to see right now would be a caution flag while the guys from about third place on back would love to see a caution flag to really bunch his field back up but Trickle's hoping it will stay green he knows that shot's going to come at him very shortly from Jeff Green to try and take away the lead every time around that time Dan Hubbard it looked like Green was going to try and dive underneath him he didn't 
Jeff Green looked very, very hungry that time around. He looked at that lower line, and he thought about taking him. But he's a patient, patient driver behind the wheel of that Chevrolet. Good battle on the racetrack right now for the fourth spot. Door handle to door handle on turn three. Tim Steele on the low line. Michael Waltrip on the high side. Michael Waltrip got underneath Steele off of four, took the spot into one. Now Steele got underneath Waltrip off of two, took the spot back in three and four. But at the stripe, dead even, if not a foot or so, to the advantage of Michael Waltrip. This is the race for the fourth position. 16 laps to go in today's Las Vegas 300. Can Dick Trickle hold off Jeff Green? Either way, if either one of those two drivers wins, it'll be their first trip trip to victory lane in the NASCAR Bush Series ever. The lead has changed hands in the Las Vegas 300. Jeff Green went outside of Dick Trickle off turn four down the main straightaway. Has taken the top spot away now with 14 laps to go. In his 100th start in the NASCAR Bush Series, Jeff Green looking for his first victory has pulled away to a pretty good advantage of about a half a second over Dick Trickle now with 11 laps to go. Barney and I have picked the Kraft Singles Craftiest Driver of the Race Award winner with Kraft Singles American Cheese awarding $500 to a special charity in that driver's name. And we settled on Michael Waltrip Barney for several different things throughout the day. Yeah, he's made some uh, very crafty moves up there to avoid some of the accidents. He also came from way back toward the tail end of the field on a couple of occasions to work his way back up through there, making some what I consider crafty moves to keep the car out of trouble and put himself in contention to win. So I think we'll go in that direction with it. So $500 going to charity from Kraft Singles American Cheese in the name of Michael Waltrip, running right now fourth as the craftiest driver of the race. It is Jeff Green continuing to widen his advantage on Dick Trickle. He's in lap traffic in turn two. Jeff Green has obviously decided it was time to get down to business. He's opened up his lead by about 10 car lengths over Dick Trickle. Third spot is still Todd Bodine. Leader Jeff Green to negotiate some of the slower traffic. That of Mike McLaughlin and Jeff McClure. Now Dick Trickle will try to do the same in turn four. Jeff Green told me yesterday in the garage we were talking about the team he's with this year and the different situations that in his career and whatever. And he said this is going to be our best year. Going to be my best year. He said I'm with a group of people right now now that believe in me and I believe in them, we've got the equipment to get it done. He said, watch us this year and we may win here this weekend. And so far, his prophecy is working out pretty well, but we still have nine laps to go. He's in turn two. That Chevrolet is working very, very well for Jeff Green. He's really in control. The car takes a nice set all the way through the turn and down the back stretch. Jeff Green, very smooth through three and four. Dick Trickle, however, the second place runner, has a tendency to push midways through three and four. Here's Jeff Green up off turn number four. He will come to lap 192, so there'll be eight laps to go in the event before it's over. Looking a little bit deeper into the field, pretty good race for fifth, sixth, and seventh. Tim Steele, Phil Parsons, and Greg Sachs, they're all tied up for that spot. While up front, the race leader pretty well free and clear. We'll look back to that race for fifth now as they work into the corner. It is Tim Steele entering turn one. Phil Parsons right on his tail. Greg Sachs will ride a higher line. He's going to try to take that Parsons car to the outside. Cannot do it. Parsons maintains position. The single five halfway down the back straightaway. Now Phil Parsons looks to the inside of Tim Steele. Falls back in line. They're single file back to four. They tuck in single file, work their way through three and four as the leader swings across the start finish line. Heads back into turn number one. There'll be seven laps to go for Jeff Green. Big interval between first, second, and third. Bigger gap still back to fourth place of Michael Waltrip. While that fifth place battle, it's still a dandy as it works its way down to turns one and two. Tim Steele tried to open up some room between himself and Phil Parsons, and he did so at the end 
end of that front stretch. But in the corners, Phil Parsons is able to close the gap. They're nose to tail down the back stretch. Phil Parsons likes to take the low line coming off a two down the back stretch. Then he'll fall back in line midway through the corner. They're still single file negotiating slower traffic. While they work turns three and four, down to the start finish line comes Jeff Green. Six laps to go now. He'll see the five to go signal next time by. Jeff Green trying to score his first NASCAR Bush Series victory. Right now, Dan Hubbard, it's just cruise control for him. It is cruise control. Jeff Green seems to be increasing his lead. Now it's got to be by about 15 car lengths over Dick Trickle. Todd Bodine still in third. Jeff Green, however, likes what's behind him, the rest of the field, but he also likes what's in front of him. Clean racetrack for the race leader. Jeff might have saved just a little bit for the end. Now, a couple of times this afternoon, he has pushed his car about as hard as anybody in the field, and it cost him a position or two, but each time he's been able to bounce right back and go back into the front. That's where he's at right now with a healthy lead, five laps to go. Among the front three, still a lot of spacing. Actually, among the front four, as they work back into turns one and two. Let's pick up that battle again for fifth place. It's still a dandy as it works off into turn one. Tim Steele holding down the fifth spot. Then half a car length back is Phil Parsons in sixth. Again, Greg Sachs will try that high line, trying to get around Parsons, but can't do it. Parsons gets a great bite coming out of turn two. As I mentioned earlier, Parsons likes the low line coming off of the corner, but this time Greg Sachs gets a good run. He pulls right up beside the Phil Parsons car, but can't make the pass stick in turn three. Sachs not able to make a move on Phil Parsons, and as those two get racing with each other, up ahead of them, Tim Steele gets away by a car length or so. Four laps to go for the race leader now as we continue to follow the scramble for fifth position as they work their way to turn one. Tim Steele, Phil Parsons, and Greg Sachs. Order stays the same. Single file racing, although Steele might have bobbled just a little bit between turns one and two, but he still holds down the fifth position. Now Great Sa- Greg Sachs gets a great run down the back stretch. But Phil Parsons moves right up to the top of the speedway and puts the block on uh, Greg Sachs, and that enables that fight enables Tim Steele to pull away just a little more. About a car length between those three machines now as they work out of turn number four with three laps remaining for the leader, Jeff Green. He has a 2.2 second advantage over the rest of the field. He's over in turn two. He's got to be loving this. He's having a great afternoon here in Las Vegas. It's all Jeff Green down the backstretch. Smooth sailing. Very fast for that Diamond Ridge Chevrolet. Jeff Green has one slower car right in front of him, that of the Jerry Robertson machine. Robertson goes to the high side, opens up the inside lane. Here's Jeff Green up off the corner. Now just two laps around this Las Vegas Motor Speedway, separating him from his first trip to victory lane in the NASCAR Bush Series. Two to go. Green disposing with the Robertson car with that healthy advantage on second place and no lap traffic directly ahead. Jeff Green cruises out of turn one, now into turn two, riding a nice middle groove out of turn two and down the back stretch. He's got still about 20 car lengths now over second spot, Dick Trickle. Jeff Green again has clean racetrack in front of him. The next car in line would be that of the defending Bush Series champion, Randy LeJoy, but he's a good three seconds in front of the race leader. If they had a lot of laps remaining, lap traffic might come into play. Unfortunately for the guys chasing uh, Jeff Green, it's not the case. One lap to go. White flag for him. He'll catch the tail end of some of that traffic we talked about down in turn number one, but it's not going to hold him up enough for anybody to chase him down. The leader's in two. We'll keep our eye on Jeff Green, the leader in the Diamond Ridge Motorsports Chevrolet. He's out of turn two, backing off just a little bit. He's going to be very careful as he passes the slower car of Brad Payne. 
Payne keeps it to the inside wisely, lets the leader go by on the high side. Jeff Green, very smooth through turn three for the final time. 34-year-old Jeff Green in his 100th NASCAR Busch Series start will win the inaugural Las Vegas 300. He comes down to the start-finish line and takes the checkered flag, his first NASCAR Busch Series victory. About a three-second margin of victory over Dick Trickle, who will finish second. Todd Bodine comes home third, Michael Waltrip fourth, and Tim Steele will finish fifth. And for Jeff Green's team, Jim Phillips, they got behind in the mid-stages of the race, but they oh, won when it counted. Well, we just got the old bath here. Wes Ward did the crew chief. Wes, you just got the bath, but I'm sure you feel like it's worth it. Great job today. Oh, yeah. I can't say enough for Gary Beck. Uh, the good Lord is with us today. Uh, we had a few things there. I thought maybe I made a bad call, uh, but it come out in the end. We had the car to beat, uh, and it ended up that way. And they sure did. They're headed victory lane. One of the cheerleaders down here in their pit was Elliot Saddler after he fell out of the race. He came down to cheer Jeff Green on to victory. Let's go down and hear from some of the other top finishers. Winston Kelly. We're with, with Dick Trickle. Dick equaled his best finish in the Bush Series. A second last year at Charlotte. A second today. Thought you were going to be able to hold him off. How about those last 15 or 20 laps in the pass for the lead by Jeff Green? Well, we've been we've been loose getting in a little tight off. Uh, pretty good off. We're loose in. And uh, we, we cracked the best we could. And the car just got looser in and started to chatter up off a little bit, and it just went away from me. But we were quick there for a while. But, you know, it's hometown of Chris Trickle, my, my nephew. I like to want it for him, but also for my family back home and, you know, all my fans and people that stuck with me through the years. And maybe one for Dick Trickle wouldn't hurt. Uh, one for Dick Trickle certainly isn't bad. A good, strong. I'll tell you what. I had a couple fans out here tell me the Duraloop car shows up better on racetrack than any other car. So uh, pretty proud of my people. That's the word from Dick Trickle. He comes home second this afternoon. Right now, let's check in with Bill Armour. Walking along beside Michael Walter. Michael, you came from the back of the field and uh, had one of the cars to beat for a while there. It looked like you were going to get back to the front, but uh, you plateaued about fifth place. <laughs> yeah, we made a mistake. Uh, we should have got tires there, and we didn't. But, uh, you know, we had a car that capable of running with them, but on the when we got the last set, the thing just tightened up with me a little bit. Uh, probably wouldn't have won even if we hadn't made that mistake. So, uh Real happy with the way the Band-Aid Ford ran all day long and the job that Ronnie Silver and Jack Roush with the engines and all the guys that work so hard on it do for me. Michael Waltrip, a little disappointed with the run because I think they feel like they could get a little bit further up. He did pick up one more position late, and he finished fourth, but uh, I think he feels like maybe he had a car that could have won the race. Let's go downstairs. Uh, Jim Phillips is in the vicinity of the race winners in victory lane. Jim, I imagine there's a lot of smiles down that way. I'll tell you, lots of smiles and uh, lots of hugs and... Lots of water and everything else. Jeff, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it was an awesome day. The good Lord was looking out for us through a couple of those wrecks, man. I don't know how I made it through, but we just had an awesome car. When we get behind people, it pushed a little bit, but once I got out front, I could motor, man. It's all because of BNR Motors and Wes Ward, Mike Laughlin chassis. My crew chief's awesome. He called a hell of a heck of a shot there on our tires. Goodyear tires, they lasted forever, so it's a good tire today. How about that uh, call to, to, to not come in and get tires? You waited, and you had that caution with five laps. You probably would have had to pit under green. Yeah, we had to come in at that time. You know, we could run just as fast on old tires as we could new tires. So we could, we were just giving up track position if we come in. All right, how about the last part of the race? It came down to about 15 laps to go. Did you make the move to go around Trickle, or did they tell you to go on? No, you know, I was just sizing him up, and I knew he was pushing. I was pushing a little bit behind him, but I got a good run off of him. He gave me room. I guarantee you I owe, it a, lot, owe a lot to uh, Dick Trickle because he gave me the room off four I needed, and then as I was, it was all over because our car was awesome up front. 
Well, this this certainly has to be. You've had so many close calls in bush racing, uh, Charlotte last year, and, or year before last, then uh, this year at Rockingham, and now victory. Just what do you, what's your feelings right now about winning your first race? It's awesome. I waited 100. This is my 100th race, bush race, so I hope I don't have to wait another 100 to do it. But we're, we're looking forward to Darlington. I guarantee it's a good track for me, good track for my crew chief, and we got awesome motors and cars, so we'll go there. Jeff Green wins his first Bush Series race at Las Vegas. And he did win it. He didn't back into this one. He earned it all day long. Let's go back down to Winston Kelly. Well, we've caught up with Todd Bodine. Todd, there toward the end of the race, thought you were one of the guys that were going to be visiting in victory lane, but it seemed to drop back. What happened there? Well, we're, we're really not sure. We think the tires just gave up. Uh, they didn't run as good as the tires before that, and we had adjusted the opposite direction, and it didn't even help. So we're not sure. Maybe just a mismatch set, but uh, the car ran good all day. You know, we dodged a lot of bullets, and, uh, you know, Stanley and Harner's machine tool to keep them up front on TV. That's what it's about. Well, talking about dodging a lot of bullets, a lot of very close racing out there, and uh, Mike Wallace indicated he thought you guys kind of got together, your version of that. Well, I tell you, that was hard racing, but... Uh, you know, he was going to go a lap down no matter what, and uh, he just needed to learn to uh, give a little bit to the leaders. You know, it, it's the situation. He's, he's going to get past. You know, I'm, I'm racing him hard. I didn't mean to get into him. Hey, I did. It's racing. You know, you got to live with it. But, you know, he needs to learn that you got to let up a little bit too. On this track, there seems like there was a lot of, lot of race room out there. Where was your car the most comfortable? Well, uh, you know, if the car's a little tight, you, you need to run right around the bottom. It, it frees it up and, and uh, makes it run up off the corner better. Um, you know, that's the only thing I could do. Our, our car was just too tight all day, so that was the only option I had to, to get it to run fast. And right at the end there, it just got so tight, I couldn't even run with, the, with Dick and Jeff. He dropped back a couple of positions but came home third. The NASCAR Bush Series points leader, he'll stretch that out a bit here coming home third in Las Vegas. And the fifth-place finisher today was Tim Steele in a one-off ride in the James Finch team's Phoenix construction Chevy. Let's get a word from Tim. Yeah, we're standing beside a, a real happy Tim Steele. I know the celebration's going on in Victory Lane, but can't be a whole lot of folks happier than this group right here. Tim, a tremendous run in your uh, first uh, try in this car. Yeah, you know, it, it really is that. The Chevrolet, Phoenix Chevrolet ran just, just awesome today. You know, at the beginning of the race, we're, we're running. We're about six, six a tenth somewhere in there, you know, and all of a sudden going into one, it felt like tires going down. It just got real hard to turn. I'm like, no, man, we're getting the right front flat. And I fell it out, and it, it ran a few more laps. I mean, it was about ready to come in, and it wasn't getting loose going in or nothing. And uh turned out the power steering, something happened to the power steering, and, uh, you know, it was just made for a long day there you know it's uh but we're real happy you know it's the first time i've been in in the car for james here and for the bush race and you know we're we're happy to come out here with the top five i think you know we just got beat on tires there at the end i feel that the thing was a really good car any plans for uh further on down the road i don't know you know uh james called me i was getting ready to leave to go to texas test our winston cup car and uh he called me on tuesday i was about 15 minutes away from leaving to go to texas to catch a plane and and uh, asked me what i was doing this weekend and here i am you know testing don't pay nothing this pays <laughs> a great uh, a great story here tim Steele. we had a chance to walk back through the garage area with him and half the people in this garage area came up both media side and team side guys to congratulate him he won the arca race last week at atlanta this team came in 28th in the points with uh, previous driver Jeff Purvis. They're a happy group today. 
So Tim Steele with a good top five run. Today, another good run for Steve Park. He will be the Raybestos Brakes Rookie of the Race, the highest finishing rookie, claiming the $600 from Raybestos, the official brakes of NASCAR. Eighth today for Steve Park. And some of the other post-race awards. Jeff Green leading at halfway, collecting the Gatorade Front Runner Award of $2,000. And Barney and I a short while ago voted Michael Waltrip the uh, single craftiest driver of the race from Kraft Singles American Cheese. Now time for the MRN Radio Broadcast team to vote the Luxair Hot Move of the Race Award with everybody giving a nomination to the driver making the hottest move during today's event. The winner getting $500 from Luxair Heating and Air Conditioning. Dan Hubbard out in turns one and two. You get the first nomination. I'm going to give a vote to Joe Nemechek who dominated early in the race. He made a very hot move right at the beginning of the race. Took the lead. Didn't keep it, but it was a great move to the inside of turn two. Had the lead for a while. My vote goes to Joe Nemechek. That was a move right off the drop of the green flag. In turns three and four, Alex Hayden. Well, Alan, there were a lot of hot moves down at this end of the racetrack today, but I think you're going to have to give my vote to the race winner, Jeff Green. He did it the hard way on the outside of turn four. Took the lead, went on to victory lane. My vote goes to Jeff Green. That move with 15 laps to go in the race, the eventual winning move there. Down to pit road, Jim Phillips, what do you think? I think Todd Bodine uh, had his car completely sideways in turns two with about uh, six cars behind him, could have wrecked half of the field, straightened it up, went on, and he also got it sideways down in three and four and straightened it up and did not hit the wall and came home third, Todd Bodine. Winston Kelly? Well, with an honorable mention to Jim Phillips for dodging the Gatorade bath, he's dry, I can't believe it. I'm going to have to go with Tim Steele. He He lost his power steering on lap number 40 the first time with this team and came home with a strong fifth-place run. I'm going to have to give it to Tim Steele. All right. Uh, Bill Armour, what do you think? Well, I'll break this tie. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like Winston's thinking on that. And also a car owner, James Finch, although this is a, a award that's based on on-track moves, he made a move to put a guy in the car when his team was 28th in the points coming in here. He put a guy in there that handled a car that was ill-handling because of the power steering problems. I like that idea. I'll give it to Tim Steele. Well, Barney, we got uh, about four different guys with nominations. What do you think? I think I'm going to throw another one in there, too. Dick Trickle uh, made some really good moves all day long. He impressed me. I'm going to cast a vote in his direction. And I was thinking along those lines as well with a nod for Dick Trickle. So we'll throw to our executive producer, John McMullen, here to pick between Tim Steele and Dick Trickle. He's going to give the nod for Dick Trickle as well. That comes back when Todd Bodine and uh, Michael uh, Wallace got together racing off turn four at lap 123. Trickle had to make... uh, pretty drastic move to avoid getting into either one of them and uh also back uh, earlier in the event i believe it was uh when the accident happened off turn four that joe nemechek and jason keller got swept up in uh he had to make a move and when jerry robertson got involved off turn four trickle had to dodge him so we'll give dick trickle the luxair hot move of the race award and the 500 dollars from luxair heating and air conditioning as uh, the driver making the hottest moves today as we continue going through what we have uh, of post-race uh, awards, we will take a look down at the Goody Senek Award. Members of the media covering today's Las Vegas 300 have voted $250 to Jason Keller. And a $250 donation to go to the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, in Jason Keller's name as the driver suffering the hardest luck in today's event. He was swept up in a crash back at lap 123 off of turn number four when he was having uh, a fine run. And now we turn down to the MRN Radio pit reporters to vote the Wagner Brake Super Crew Award. $500 to the team doing the most to advance their driver's position during the race. Jim Phillips, what do you think? I think Wes Ward and his crew did the job today as far as for Jeff Green. I mean, they, they made the right move. They held him out there and had a little bit of luck by getting a caution. But still, that move 
paid the way for his tires to be right at the end and for everything to be right as far as the gas mileage and everything. I go with that group. All right, Winston Kelly. Uh, those, those were some super moves as well. But Todd Bodine's crew, they overcame a problem with the air wrench and had to start way back, brought his driver back up to the top three. So I'm going to go with Clyde McLeod and the boys. Bill Armour? I'm going to uh, go ahead and go with Jim Phillips. I like that thinking of the guys that uh, put Jeff Green in victory lane in his 100th Bush Grand National start uh, really made all the right calls, uh, track position being so critical as the race unfolded. He had the right tires and the right combination at the right time. Jeff Green gets my vote. So Jeff Green's team will take the $500 from Wagner Brakes as the Wagner Brakes Super Crew Award winners today here in Las Vegas. Crowd beginning to file out after today's NASCAR Bush Series inaugural event here. Time now for us to take a look at the full field finishing order and let you know how they stack up at the checkered flag. Well, congratulations from all of us here at MRN on the first career win to Jeff Green, who goes to victory lane. Dick Trickle finished second. Todd Bodine comes home third. Michael Waltrip a strong fourth. Tim Steele finished fifth. Greg Sachs posts a sixth-place run. Phil Parsons finished seventh. Eighth position will go to Steve Park. Glenn Allen will finish ninth. Tenth will go to Mike Dillon. Dale Jarrett finished 11th. Bobby Labonte was 12th. Kevin LePage, 13th. Shane Hall was 14th. Tim Fedewa finished 15th. Stevie Reeves was 16th, Rodney Combs 17th, Tracy Leslie 18th, Randy Porter 19th, and Johnny Chapman make up the top 20. Hermie Sadler will get 21st position, 22nd. At the finish will go to Jerry Robertson, Jeff McClure 23rd, Mike McLaughlin 24th, and Mark Green 25th. Brad Payne was 26th, Jimmy Spencer 27th, Terry Labonte 28th, Randy LaJoy 29th, and 30th to Elliot Sadler. 31st was Elton Sawyer, Jason Keller 32nd, Joni Machek 33rd, Tim Bender 34th, and Mike Wallace 35th. 36th was Jeff Fuller, Joe Bessie was 37th, Ron Barfield 38th, Buckshot Jones 39th, Jimmy Foster finished 40th, Doug Taylor finished 41st, and Ed Spencer finished in 42nd position. 22 lead changes among 10 different drivers. Total of eight cautions slowed the event, and 14 of the original 42 starters failed to finish today's race. Time of the race, 2 hours, 38 minutes, and 25 seconds. Obviously, that will become the record for the NASCAR Busch Series 300-miler here since this is the very first one. Interesting, interesting day. We saw a little bit of everything today, but a very enjoyable race, very competitive. Well, it got off to a good start and had some real hot competition there the first 20 or 30 laps. Then we had a little kind of laps where the couple of guys got away and, and strung the field out a little bit. But once the race came back, it was a good show all day long. I was watching the fans down here when they first, this is the first chance I'm sure most of them had to watch the Bush cars unless they've been back on the East Coast because it's the first time we've been out here. But as the race went on, they really got into it. And before the day was done, they were up on their feet cheering the guys around every lap. And we did. We saw some great competition. It's just a credit to these guys that can come to a racetrack for the first time, nothing to back up, fall back on as far as how you set up a car or whatever other than maybe compare it with some of the tracks back east. But they did the job, had guys that were competitive all day long. We had probably 10 or 12 cars that could have won this race. But as it, as it turned out, I don't think you can see what, know where we run, whether we, whether we run at Charlotte or, or Darlington or whatever, Alan. You won't see much better competition than we saw right here. It was great. Uh, my first trip to this Speedway, I know you got the chance to see the truck race here last fall, but I thoroughly enjoyed this and uh, look forward to coming back here many times in the future. Wonderful racetrack. And uh, if the competition we saw here today is any indication, we've got a lot of great racing to come here as we wind through the years. We thank the voices you heard on our coverage from Las Vegas today, Dan Hubbard and Alex Hayden, who 
covered the corners for us, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, and Bill Armour, who patrolled the pit and garage areas. And for now, for Barney Hall, I'm Alan Bestwick, bidding you so long from Las Vegas, where Jeff Green has won the Las Vegas 300. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.